I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Cole. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 230... something. Eight or nine of Video Games Hot Dog. The (laughs) podcast that I should know how many there have been. How's it going, Cole? Special guest Cole Ross. Oh, it's going great. I'm so happy to uh, so happy to be guesting here. Uh, so happy that also you guys made room for me by kicking Jim out. <laughs> we did, yeah. Uh, we kicked Jim out by uh, by having a slight logistical change, which resulted in him uh, being on a train an hour from his house, not knowing that he was recording from home this week. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, this podcast it's... ain't big enough for the both of, both of us. I don't actually that's, believe that's that. That's true. <laughs> More than more than four gets tricky. I, Cole, I, this must be exciting for you. You finally get to be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the wonderful world. Who? I talk into this, this thing right here. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, the no, thing that looks like a penis. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What? What's? Uh, <laughs> that could, is there that could be anything, Riff. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's, yeah, especially that's in true. Cole's that apartment. Is, am I that right? That is uh, established uh, canon that that you just you would feel a. Anything can look like a penis. Yeah, if you, if what, you squint hard enough. What's uh, is there a special occasion why we have you on the show today, or is it just for the hell of it? What was the? I, I think that you can you can probably ask Zach. It was just a, it came up yeah. in a conversation, and uh, this is yeah the timing the timing just worked out. Yeah, we're all remote as it is, so okay. might as well have as many remote. We were able to do possible. it at a different time, so as to not uh, mess up Cole's bedtime regimen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cole, are you a guy with a are you a guy with a really uh, prescribed bedtime ritual? Not really, no, because the time that I go to bed uh, varies so much day to day. There are some nights where uh, you know I'm recording really late into the night, so most of the time the uh, the bed light, the bedtime ritual is uh, walk from one room into the other and then just fall asleep. You don't Sometimes just fall, you asleep. fall asleep during the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yep. See, that's the benefit of being in the same room is that Kevin and I get to make the exact same joke at the exact same time. <laughs> that's like in stereo. Can you just pan one of you the one way, the you know, the, 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 the other? Oh, yeah. The other Man, I don't know. I might do that by accident. Uh, <laughs> listeners, I, I want to apologize ahead of time. Um, I'm having to edit this show using GarageBand. Ooh. Um, I'm in a house with a garage, so that's going to be okay. Oh, so you were uh, able to see, get the now, license? Now, now that the Patreon uh, is a thing, which, thank you. By the way, this episode of Video Games Hot Dog is brought to you by Cole Ross, who uh, back, who is the only backer of our Patreon, and he created several uh, multiple accounts to stuff the ballot. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, if you're out there playing guitar on the side of the street, you got to throw a couple bucks in, or else nobody's going to throw in. That's uh, that's the seed money, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although, nor- I mean, that would normally have been us doing that, right? We- I didn't even, I didn't even think to to astroturf our, our Patreon myself. I, I could have gotten my, I could have gotten my mom to do it, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Does she listen to this? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Hi, mom. Does your mom? Your mom is a, an occasional contributor to yeah. video games. Hot dog. <laughs> uh, someday she's gonna discover like all of my various like social media presences and. It's gonna be a. Yeah, but there's nothing embarrassing about you to find out. <laughs> no, but but I have like posted things about her. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. For for a while, you were an embedded correspondent about people hacking, right? Right. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Cole, do your uh, do your parents listen to any of your stuff? They used to, but they got put off by the swearing. Um. So <laughs> so now they're just va- vaguely supportive. Uh, especially with recent recent employment changes, they have no they they have no alternative but to be vaguely supportive. <laughs> Yeah. Do uh yeah, you, you didn't uh, does that make you feel guilty about the swearing? Are they are they judgmental about it? No, no. They 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 know they they know that I'm an adult. It, it was just one of those things. It was like back in uh 
oh gosh, like 2010, 2011, something like that. I was doing a show with my brother, still doing it. And uh, my mom just uh, came down to visit. Uh, yeah, this is such a terrible story. I was like, you know, you'd probably have a better time finding a job if you didn't swear so much in public. Wow. And it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? I kind of don't want to work someplace that cares how much I swear. Yeah, especially off the clock. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. They're, they're, they're fine with it now. I just, I just discourage them from listening. Ooh, we, when we did that live bonfire side chat last year, uh, my, my, my mom was like, hey, should we bring the family down to see this uh, here in Columbus, Ohio? And I was like, uh, no, I appreciate it, but that would be a specific kind of like interest violence to inflict on you interest violence yeah you know just kind of like hey come uh c- come listen to us talk about this thing you have no no grasp of and no interest in aside from just the fact that i'm oh, saying oh, it. yeah no also interest. we're gonna swear a lot yeah, oh yeah <laughs> yeah in a, in a in a children's science museum so that was fun <laughs> oh was it was this the was this the thing at cosi that you and uh that science you and of scary swearing. Murderfield did? <laughs> yep yes it was at cosi and it was the science of swearing <laughs> that was the makes exhibit that was going good. on. It's endorphins yeah. shoot yeah. into your head. It makes you it makes it makes you look cool. And I think that's all that matters. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Did your parents have those Midwestern sensibilities where you don't swear in front of children? Yeah, but it broke every once in a while. It was never really like a very uh, strict household. Uh, I I watched a lot of Simpsons, a lot of Beavis and Butthead. It just, it just didn't matter. Wow. Yeah. My uh, my parents actually didn't mind swearing in front of me, but they didn't swear in front of uh, strangers' children, and mm. so that kind of bred into me an unwillingness okay. to do the same. Yeah. And I remember I remember hassling you, Kevin, about it once, and you're like, "What are you talking about? This doesn't seem like a thing that you would believe." Right. <laughs> you're the foulest mouth person I've ever met. You said. <laughs> you didn't really say that. Uh, I I I've I've hopped on board that train though. I I think it's fine to restrain yourself in front of kids. It's important to teach kids that there are times when it's okay and there are times when it's not okay and when you're around people that like you know you don't know those kids politics <laughs> I, you know I, you gotta be careful what you say i think uh i think maintaining a healthy habit of switching registers helps reinforce a tendency to like read the room because <laughs> if you're just kind of in your own head swearing and saying whatever you want all the time that's uh that's just a precursor to uh to not really knowing what's going on in other people's heads so sometimes you just have to change register if you're in a room full of old people, you can change registers to talk like this, and they can't hear you because it's a really high frequency. If you're at the supermarket, you what? can just change registers all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Especially at the self-serve. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, just, I like to go in and uh, ring up one item per self-serve register. Right. <laughs> Usually limits me to four items, and I get a lot of dirty looks. But Yeah, yeah extre- I- extreme couponing is what that is. <clears throat> This was just speaking of. I was thinking about people like looking at what you were buying at the grocery store, and that reminded me. The other day, I bought. I don't think I told this story already. I bought a weird color changing light bulb on Amazon. No, it was like a ten dollar hue knockoff that is terrible. It is. uh, It is about ten percent the 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 candle strength of a hue. So it's a six watt. (laughs) Also, when you turn it on. Its default position when you add power to it is cycling between red, green, and blue. Oh man, making it useful as a normal (laughs) light bulb. It's like has a each bulb. It's ten dollars and it comes with an individual remote control for the bulb. Oh, for each bulb puts it into yeah a variety of crazy different modes. But the fact that it starts in that ridiculous one makes it useless as Mm -hmm. a like a thing to have in your house. Right. When when I bought it, 
the Amazon suggestions for other things that people bought when they bought this were a a waterproof video camera and a 20-sided die where the faces were pictures of people in different sex positions. <laughs> wow. So I How feel as though this is maybe a, I don't know like how big the die guy? was. It was yeah, it was very it um you know, so there's like I feel though there is a particular kind of iconography where you can you can represent a woman in like three or four sort of swooshy lines like it's a thing you might see on a yogurt I think like an like an Activa maybe has this yeah, logo yeah. of like this is a healthy woman Here, you know yeah, so it was, it was the yeah. it was that level that level of detail yeah I think it, what it what it what it it's it's a it's a pictogram that means this helps Jamie Lee Curtis poop yep. Uh, but yeah, apparently these lights are for just uh, real low-budget porn studios uh, where they don't—they don't have a real strong directorial sense. So yeah, you know, we'll just uh, procedurally. This is see, this podcast keeps coming back to procedurally generated pornography. Yep, it's—it's it's just a matter of time. <laughs> oh mm. man, that—that that would probably be easier because I think like porn dialogue could be generated by a Markov chain pretty easy. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You're not the usual noun delivery noun, <laughs> right? Yeah. What 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 did you buy the uh, the strange bulb for? Like, what was the purpose of that, Zach? Porn I just studio. saw it. Yeah, I was just gonna make a porn studio. I I needed I needed to buy some light bulbs, and when I was searching for light bulbs, that came up, and I thought, oh, that might be a fun like because what I was thinking was, you put it in the in the in the porch light, say, and then when it's time to have a party, you can say. Oh, come to the house with the purple porch light or whatever. And like in you like in San Francisco, you need to be more specific about this, right? So you look down the street, you see what weird colors everybody else's porch light is that night oh, to yeah. signal whatever <laughs> counterculture thing is happening there. Yeah. And you, you just pick a you know, you pick a unique color for every time. When you're out of colors, you start like, okay, ours is the blue one that is blinking in Morse code, <laughs> alternating with red. Yeah. Ah, ah, no, wait, sorry, never mind. That's that's now two dollars down. Yeah. Uh, now it is the green one. Our, our, ours is alternating with purple. Ours is the house with people convulsing in front of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not it's not bright enough to trigger epilepsy in uh. anybody. So I, I really, uh, I'm not even going to say the name of the product. That's how strongly I do not recommend. Wow. It. Yeah, no, this, that, that's funny because I just uh, so every every year in the in the spring, um, you know, between Christmas and uh, when it warms up, I do like a like a household project, and mine has been to uh, to do automated lighting in my house. So I've rigged up the entire place with hue lights. I've got like one of those Amazon things that you can shout a name to and turn on different stuff. And I just oh. I just finished the, uh, my, the the piece de resistance, which is uh, which is backlighting on the uh, on the TV. So I can get kind of that. Uh, what is it? You want to have Ooh. backlight so it, it lights up the area behind it so you don't get like less I, eye strain. I, yeah, yeah, less eye strain, and it's less. Uh, I, the, the screen is tricking me into thinking the sun is out. So I've got that set to just very slowly like morph between all of the like eighteen available colors, and that so you is didn't, uh, like plug a camera in watching the TV and have it like figure out what the average color is and have it map the screen behind to the wall behind to like sort of the average color of the the TV in real time. So there are things you can do like with Raspberry Pi to make that happen, yeah. and like you take a you take like a like an output like a Y splitter on a on an HDMI and uh, run it there. Uh, that I think is a little bit simpler than a camera, but that's like more fuss than I kind of want it to be. If that ends up okay. being a like a, like a big factor, I ch I just kind of uh, use the remote to choose whichever is kind of the most neutral or you know predominant color 
So like I'm playing Dark right. Souls three and you know changing it to like yellow because that is a predominant color in that game. You know what I just realized about the Raspberry Pi? That's not a thing. Like <laughs> Raspberry Pi is not a thing. <laughs> Are you sure it's not one of those things right. where it's like a cobbler? Is it like a like like a well, ra- right? But like a, a cobbler is it's, a, it's atypical. You could totally do it though. Berry yeah. pie. Well, right, but you, I mean, you could make a thimble pie. You know, like it. it it's, <laughs> Well, pie. <laughs> I mean, I store my thimbles in a pie tin, but <laughs> you didn't, you, you didn't you bake it, yeah. make a crosshatched crust on the top of it. <laughs> no, I, just, I just mixed some nails, threw it over top of it. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm wondering why you don't see raspberry pie that because blackberry pie is totally a thing and they're not very it's not th- you, you make a co- it's a cobbler though because some fruits some fruits are cobbler fruits some some can cross the divide there's some bipartisan fruits like the peach yeah peach cobbler is definitely more more prevalent than peach pie though a cobbler is in a rectangular yeah. casserole dish usually right. and does it not have a bottom crust it doesn't have sides it's more of a it's more got, of a crumble. I believe that is true yeah it's got like random bready across the top instead of an actual pie crust yeah <laughs> random bready random bready that was my nickname in high school <laughs> mm. uh boy, how, how are things uh cole uh, tell, tell the listeners what they might know you from well uh you might know me from uh from the uh duckbeat.tv network the the watch out for fireballs abject suffering we've had a bunch of you guys on there um uh, guest guest appearance kind of stuff uh bonfire side chat most pertinently now because it is dark souls uh release time and yeah just uh, just a bunch of stuff like that doing a lot of podcasts and that is uh just kind of what i do I, I i wake up i go to work i come home from work and i start second job doing podcasting yeah how how long until you can make podcasting your only job well <laughs> or is that, or is that even or is that even an end goal like is oh, that something that you would want it's it's totally an end goal it's uh it's it's something that uh that i actually just took a big step toward that here this week uh so we're going to be seeing more and more different kind of stuff um coming out of the network because of that but yeah definitely that is the end goal i don't know how long it just depends on the kind of support we can get like we're like you guys we've got a patreon we've got <clears throat> all this other kind of stuff we don't want to do ads and things that feels a little bit gross right i don't look down on people that's that's where the money is though i mean that is once you build the audience it like the numbers get large enough where that that's really hard to say no to it is hard for the numbers to get that large it on is the on I, I you know i can't i can't speak for cole but for us i mean i you know we look at like we're about a tenth the listenership of idle thumbs mm-hmm. and okay. they're they're at the low end of the range where the like typical ad, ad networks yeah, yeah. they your 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 squares space your um, <laughs> right. nature's your nature's box your casses yeah <laughs> right your 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 your, your inter- internet beds <laughs> yep yeah. yeah well but i mean so you have to be at about like right now and this this number is always changing just because like this is a really really hot space uh for stuff right now and whenever whenever there's like a gold rush the prices for the thing you do just go way way down but the last time i checked you need like twenty five thousand downloads for a podcast over the course of you know 45 days to even get noticed and up until that point, like if you have less than that, you're on this really uh, kind of shitty affiliate basis. So when you hear people doing like Audible right. ads, usually that's like you're going to get $15 per sign up. And that is Audible. Yeah. Audible will kind of advertise more or less on anything. Right. Isn't it a thing that you just do? And because it's commission. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like Squarespace has something like that. Warby Parker has something like that. Like unless you can negotiate those contracts to get like the uh, the <laughs> this is so boring. I'm so sorry. But unless you can negotiate those and like leverage the number of people that you have listening, um, <laughs> then then it's really just kind of catch as catch can. And you can't you can't base like a living off of off of something as irregular as that. You know. Well, you could you could live outdoors uh, without, <laughs> True. without a house <laughs> good podcast from a tiny house a hipster trailer yeah, yeah if you yeah. weren't like super insistent on eating every day <laughs> yeah. you know, you could... I'm, a, I'm a big guy i probably got about you know three months of uh privation on these bones yeah as your as your teeth slowly fall out uh, it's a different kind of sound yeah, you can eat them sure. it's like yeah. a spice <laughs> yep hey guys so we got some uh... <laughs> yeah no but you guys probably know me from that it's uh it's it's super exciting scurvy cast. <laughs> what's that yeah we scurvy know you from cast. scurvy cast <laughs> yep oh boy here's a super special episode for a hundredth hundredth uh, episode my fingernails fell out finally <laughs> all my old wounds are re- reopening <laughs> yep hooray oh man it's like did you guys oh, see the memories. uh the stinky feet project that website from i think the 90s where uh it it was after this it was the same guy that did the stinky meat project which Ugh. was sort of a blog about what happens to meat when you leave it out in various places <laughs> uh but the stinky feet project was him just like sort of trying to give himself gangrene. Oh, Jesus! Gangrene and succeeding. Athletes, foot. just really, really bad athletes. But but I think it gangrene is is from the inside, right? Like it's like an infection that you get when like uh, you get cut or something. Yeah, it's a thing that you just always have, and if you cut a big enough hole, you let it out. <laughs> you dig, you dug too deep. <laughs> No, no, that's yeah. uh, that's when you get a super deep cut or uh, or something's amputated in a civil war battlefield, and the wound starts right. smelling like almonds. And smelling like almonds? Wow, that seems stick. delightful. <laughs> well, it starts. It smells like almonds briefly, briefly before gangrene sets in, and then it is the most heinous smell you've ever uh, mm. you've ever uh, smelled. Like walnuts. Yeah, <laughs> pretty you, much. You uh, you seem to have a lot of knowledge of gangrenous wounds oh uh, you know you fall down wikipedia holes no when i worked at a, i worked at a uh, popular large chain video game store um and we had a regular customer uh a couple of years when i was in high school who was a, a a young man who was being pushed around by his grandfather and he had what could best be described as a dead foot um and you could huh. you, you could smell him coming from like halfway down the mall it was uh it was one of those wow. things where you kind of want to be nice to him in person, but you'll talk about him on a podcast 10 years later. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was definitely like customers left because of that. And so fell down a Wikipedia hole saying, what's up with that dude's foot? Hmm. Yeah. You mean his grandpa was pushing him around like in a wheelchair, not, <laughs> not just like, come on, walk faster. Yep. We got to get down to the Game Boy Advance games. <laughs> See that used shit. No, no. He was pushing him, pushing him around in a wheelchair. Hmm. Well, that's a shame. I hope that kid's okay. I hope so too. I think I think uh, I think I saw him walking around by the time I uh, by the time I left. That's the uh, benefit of working in one of those stores in a small town. You get to well, know I the guess regs. that would indicate that either his foot got better or he lost the ability to feel pain in it. Oh yeah, or or got a new one. <laughs> oh, maybe perhaps his grandpa died and checked the foot donor card on his driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> Left it to him in his will. Yeah, he went to the literal Foot Locker. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> He's just right across the way. Um, he was just waiting to to trade in enough games to be able to afford the foot at the Foot Locker. Yep. So. 
Uh, well, uh, has anybody had anything exciting or interesting happen, or can we just start talking about video games? Hmm. I bought a load of Magic the Gathering cards. Really? Yeah. I bought a box of that, that new thing. Actually, um, we talked about them a little bit last week, but there are two that I singled out as particularly interesting if you want to hear about them. Sure. I would love to hear about them, Riff. So we talked about how they're super duper leaning into the double-sided cards in this set. I've got yes. I've got two here. I've got one called Westvale Abbey, which is a land that uh, you can tap it to, uh, for colorless mana, or you can spend five and uh, pay a life to uh, to get a cleric creature on the table, or you can spend five and tap it and sacrifice five creatures to flip the card over. And on the other side, it's a 9-7 it's a demon named Ormondal Profane Prince. So you're li huh. literally, literally sacrificing five people in this church to summon a demon, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. And Who destroys the church. Uh, well, it's it's on the other side of the church, so... Oh, wait, can, what happened? Can something happen that will turn him back into a church? I don't think so. <laughs> well, okay, wait. if the demon was killed, then it would go into your graveyard, and then you could bring it back into play as a new wait. church. It's not like you can tap it and bring those five creatures back into play and right, turn him back right. into a church. Like it was just indigestion rather than a dire <laughs> ritual. <laughs> Nine seven doesn't seem doesn't seem like it's strong enough to, like, that seems a lot of like, it a lot creates of work. dudes. So you could yeah. potentially be uh, creating dudes with it to then sacrifice. Is it's also like those those weird novelty cards. I feel like they're they don't necessarily see a lot of play. Cole, do you have any uh, history with Magic the Gathering at all? No, no. Uh, so because of a because of a slight age difference, I was more of a Pokemon guy. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, wow, right. But there, well, so Wizard, Wizards of the Coast still got their money from you. They did, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they, they definitely did. And so I have a like, like a like a small like functional vocabulary. I'm like I feel like I'm just barely treading water in this one. Like I, I get a sense of what's cool, but no, like the my my prime trading card game years. Uh, well, I guess like, w would you consider like eleven to thirteen to be prime trading card game years? Well, I don't know. For me, it was more like uh, seventeen to nineteen, yeah. and then yeah, thirty-eight to thirty-nine. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So probably not the prime, but like that is that is kind of my my model for these things. But you know, like between between Hearthstone get, being like the beginner's version of that, mm -hmm. and then just hearing hearing you guys talk about the talk about magic and hearing other places talk about that, like I've got enough to hold my own maybe like to at least not just have this all be white noise and static and pops and hisses and stuff i think riff riff is riff is like me in some regards where the interesting thing about a magic card is often the sort of implied narrative of it oh yeah which is which is great what's the what's your other interesting transforming card riff this other one is it's an enchantment called skin invasion <laughs> which you you enchant a creature with it and it basically makes that guy berserk he has to attack every turn if he can when that guy eventually dies instead of the enchantment going away with him it flips over and it is now the the uh, three attack four defense insect monster that burst out of that dude's skin 
Mm. So it's, it's Vincent D'Onofrio for Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Or the there's a monster of the week from like an X Files that. <laughs> yeah, was, like, was tra- it like traveling a... salesman? And he could like turn into roaches and like go under the door and. Oh, come that in was and... the worst. I can't handle yeah. roaches, man. Yeah. Swarm of roaches. Did, did you guys see uh, the movie Creep Show? No. No. <clears throat> it was a. It was like a collection of horror shorts. Horror shorts. Uh, in uh, in the late '80s, uh, some of them were, at least one or two of them were based on Stephen King short stories. But um, oh shit, is that where one the, of them where was the, just the, a... like the story of the Maniac Mansion was based on, where the uh, the meteor landed, and it corrupted the house? Oh yeah, the, and the plants and stuff grow out of it, and the guy becomes like a weird plant monster. Yeah, it's like a color out of space uh, kind of thing. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. That that that. Well, I I'm pretty sure that that was one of them, either in Creepshow or Creepshow Two. There was also Cat's Eye, which was a very similar like collection of vignettes that also had some Stephen King uh, shorts in it. But um, uh, there's there's a cockroach uh, sub story in uh, Creepshow that's that's pretty. There's also uh, one of the weird like fiend folio or something one of the like off monster manual <laughs> monster compendiums from original dungeons oh, huh. and dragons had a monster called a siffle which was it was all caps and it was colonial insect formed artificial life and it was like <laughs> here's a swarm of bees shaped like a dude oh, oh i, thought, I hey. thought it was ollie's and best that, friend yeah 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 it was <laughs> i i totally yeah. was not even aware of that when i made that uh that that superhero role-playing game characters that was a swarm of bees shaped like a dude and then later <laughs> turned that into a character for kingdom of loathing <laughs> Weird. See, you, can't, you can't you cannot but rip off the fiend folio yeah, yeah. everything is in that pretty much god I, I love monster manuals like i could just pour through those for days yep even you know i haven't played dungeons and dragons in years but i still buy the monster manuals just to like flip through them and like look at cool monsters <laughs> stay tuned listeners um yeah no definitely what is it about monsters that are so compelling is their monstrousness <laughs> are they the bad everybody loves a an anti-hero uh, like, do you imagine what the monster's doing like on its on a, any given day i don't know like this when the syphil needs to like go to the store to yeah. buy a thousand jars of honey. I, I guess they don't. They don't want honey. They they produce. They go to the they store to sell honey, uh, to buy what do bees want? Flowers. Uh, but they bees. <laughs> but they but they make the honey gin? from the flowers. Yeah, gin. Pornography made out of bees. <laughs> oh man, I, like like for me, I love I love monster manuals because they're just such a haphazardly assembled collection of ideas. Yeah, mm. you know, <laughs> especially the older ones. Yeah, yeah. Ape, comma giant is <laughs> often often the first one. It's like, yeah, we probably could have just made that up. That that was there was a lot of a lot of filler in the early ones. Yep. Hamster, comma giant space. <laughs> Oh right, giant space hamster. Yep, that was one. Yeah. That seems like a private joke on somebody's part. Yeah, mm. uh, a lot of a lot of different weird kinds of demons. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, like uh, like from different planes. So here are the here are the astral demons, but here are the psionic astral demons. Yeah, the Virgin Atlantic demons. <laughs> Get different mileage from them. Mm, mm-hmm. 
they promise you mileage, but then they never actually give it to you. Uh, so they, they, they'll, they'll give you 4,000 bonus miles in exchange for your soul. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kevin? What have you been up to this week? Uh, you flew on a plane. I flew on a plane, yeah. Did not encounter any demons that I know of. Uh, I'm I'm in Arizona for Zapcon. Oh, oh shit. yeah, this Zapcon, weekend. April sixteenth and seventeenth, Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. We're over three hundred uh, games. Yeah, this year. Oh shit, it's crazy. This thing keeps growing. Yeah, for attendance seems attendance like it's going to be too. pretty good too. I was yeah, I was it. hovering over the buy ticket uh, button uh, to come out there, but uh, it was during Dark Souls week. Oh, All right, yeah. yeah. Dark Souls week. How how is the apparent like annualization of that franchise going to affect your your podcasting schedule, Cole? Your life. And, yeah, and also like <laughs> I mean, although you did say, it, is that why you just negotiated some more vacation time at your work? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This uh, that 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 doesn't affect it. Don't worry about it. No, it's a uh, it's an it's been annualized like pretty much since we started the show, so it's not really that big of a deal. The bigger concern is the idea that they're ending the Dark Souls uh, continuity. And so, like, what is From going to do next? Because if it's not in the Soulsborn kind of uh, kind of milieu or whatever, then we don't have a show anymore. Well, I, well I, you could just keep keep going back and playing the games over and over again, right? <laughs> uh, that's, that's actually not too far off. But, uh, but no, like, it's, uh, we, we, we have a plan. We have plans for other stuff. We've got, we've got ideas for Miles. But, like, yeah, it's the most popular show. <laughs> I, you know, the annualization, it's it's starting to, like, set in with the backlash. And that affects us more than anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah. She could just transition over to the shocks, all the different shock games. <laughs> <laughs> Those haven't worked out for us too much. Hmm. Yeah, it's a hard... Uh, System Shock 2 is a hard sell yeah. Yeah. in this day and age. I do not... I cannot conceive of the reserves that you have kevin inside you that let you play all the way through system shock one before you played system shock it was fun i i believe you from from your perspective that was a thing that was okay but man oh man man oh man it helped that uh that some of my fraternity brothers had worked on the game so there were all of these like in jokes oh right all of your purple fruit drinks and such yeah (laughs) yeah your musical staircases. Your, sure. You can flush the toilet to see whether the dryer is in use. <laughs> uh, now, now you're just the, conflating stories. The ball pit room that you were required to have sex in. No. <laughs> oh, wait, you were not. You were required to not have sex in it. It or was no, not you a were ball just pit. Not required to have sex in it. Yeah. It was not a ball pit room. Mm. It was a foam room full of like little blocks of foam. Mm. I see. Okay. Uh, was there a candle involved? That's like the. No. no. Just to set the mood, they, you didn't want it to get too romantic in there. That was right. Little, that's like would be the best place to have sex, though. <laughs> it would it would be it, the foam got really itchy. You really wouldn't want to be in there without clothes on. Mm-hmm. I think it, it would be unpleasant. Well, I don't know how you have sex, but that's not a real obstacle for me. <laughs> uh, and then you could flush the toilet from the from the internet. <laughs> uh, not you could also check whether the. Wa- the washer and dryer was in use, but, but that was just with a telephone, right? Like there was an extension yes. that you could call. You call, and if it's busy, then it's at, then the the dryer is actually busy. Yeah. 
That's, I thought that was a very clever yeah, it's, a, it's a good, I mean, it's very, yep, the, it's very obvious. You don't have to explain it to people. I mean, except you do. Well, it's on the, so like, you, the, you know, the frat house was like five stories. And so instead of like carrying all your laundry down there and being like, God damn it, it, it was, it's in use or whatever, you could just call. Why didn't you just uh, install a chute? Uh, we, the, we used the chute for returning uh, like beverage receptacles, <laughs> which we had an automatic res- like s- sorter. So it would sort the, the plastic sort of bouncer cups that we used versus um, cans versus bottles, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> you just throw them down the chute? Yeah. Huh. And it would just, like, there's sensors to tell whether it was opaque or not, and that would get the cans out. And then um, I don't I don't think it, maybe it, it was just bouncers and cans. Maybe there were no bottles, now that I think about it, because oh, that's cr- a terrible idea. Expensive crystal goblets. <laughs> yes. <and laughs> vases. Yeah. Your grails. <laughs> just melt them down, recast them into new vessels. Ah, yeah. That's good. See, that's why you want to use the wooden ones, both because that's the kind of cup Christ had and because they'll survive the trip down the laundry chute. <laughs> what have you been up to, Cole? Uh, honestly, it's just been a bunch of Dark Souls stuff. Like, So everything kind of comes to a halt when when these games come out because we have to play them as soon as possible we don't have uh we don't have like preview access or anything we're not uh we're not streamers who will get on there and scream directly into camera uh, um to generate hype like it's not thank you for not being that oh thank you yeah (laughs) so it's like it's it's a hard sell to get uh to get preview coverage uh for being like you know we're gonna like just talk about this very slowly and reasonably over the course of a year and a half um so so when this comes out like everything kind of has to go to the side and uh it's really just been like for the past like since since tuesday uh playing this game until i get frustrated and then cleaning house and then going back to playing the game until i get frustrated (laughs) then running an errand yeah no it's uh i've uh (laughs) the annualization itself because i uh, it coincides with my spring cleaning so (laughs) i i I I live an exceedingly boring life and like i am you know dark souls week is no different however i know that it's gonna pay dividends so it's just like yeah we're gonna uh sit down and play this god damn it uh Mm -hmm. i've learned my lesson though because in previous years i've gotten incredibly sick incredibly tired and incredibly just kind of like mentally distraught from playing Mm -hmm. way too much of the game at once so So. kevin in mystery hunt week (laughs) yeah yeah it gets it gets a little worrisome um, when you're when you're that preoccupied, so I've uh, I've I've put in I put in limits per day, and I've uh, I've kind of like scheduled out stuff that I need to accomplish to get out of the house at least once. Um, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. You don't want to end up like Foot Kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no. Oh, the cycle continues. <laughs> um, no, but like that's that's really been about it. Honestly, is, is so not. Not to uh, not to horn in on uh, on your own podcast territory, but how how's how's yeah. Dark Souls three? Um, so I, I like it so far. It's uh, it's strange because we're so hot off the heels of covering uh, Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and this it, this looks and plays so similar so similarly to that, except it has these it's trappings. Good. Yeah, it's it's like I I I'm still in early days in it. I'm still in like the first area after the tutorial area, but I'm mm-hmm. finding like it's enough like Bloodborne to trick you into playing like Bloodborne, which <laughs> d- gets you destroyed. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible yeah. idea to be that aggressive. Um, and so it's a it's a matter of establishing this new the, the, this new muscle memory. But as you go on, like they start feeding along this stuff that really uh, feels like fan service. Um, hmm. It feels like such a victory lap 
for people who know kind of what happened in Dark Souls One, for people who know uh, kind of just what the major themes of the of of, of the series are. Um, and so it's been it's been very rewarding in that way. But I'm wondering kind of how how much longevity that will have in terms of like the resonance of the themes and stuff. And I understand that that's like, oh, it's just a, it's, it's a game, whatever. But like, that's kind of important because we have to look at whether or not this thing is is there for like a really kind of lasting reason as opposed to mm-hmm. like, hey, hey, guys, remember when? Hey, remember that? Like, yeah, is, that's, is, I'm kind of <laughs> worried about that myself. Is this like you want it to be its own thing and not just a retread? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want this to be like a like a Chris Farley show kind of thing, you know. <laughs> so, so, but like the like the the play is great, you know. I I kind of it sucks because that first that first playthrough is uh, you know even divorced from how quickly I need to go through it um, is is very much like I'm going to find the path of least resistance, and so this leads to a build that kind of grows around whichever is the best weapon I can find um, that they, that they put in front of me. And it's always, it's always a little bit uh, uh, kind of <laughs> I'm like, Oh gosh, uh, uh, dismaying. That's the word I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, looking for, looking for because, uh, because like when you summon somebody and they have the same loadout as you, it's like, Oh yeah. Like everybody is doing the same thing I am, but you got to get through it and you're going yeah. to, you're going to take whatever, whatever kind of leads the game throws at you. But they have a lot of a lot of ideas uh, that they throw at you, even in the first level, in terms of like, here is what looks to be a regular undead peon that has this minuscule little like black undulating parasite on the back of it that oh, when you're fucking guys <laughs> when you're about ready to kill them, it explodes into this thing whose silhouette is impossible to read, but it's like a combination of like the like the chaos stuff from the first game and like these the, the, this explosive like dark cursed growth and they turn into like these things that are basically mini bosses and they hide among the populace so you have to be very very measured in who you who you engage and also who you decide to engage at which range mm-hmm. <laughs> um and like and do they do they is it like sometimes a enemy that you've killed 30 times in the same spot is one of these guys is it no it's well, no, at no. least so far it's it's always for me it's always been the same guy explodes yeah. but uh, <laughs> man, i was ju- i was just thinking along similar lines like jesus what <laughs> <laughs> how how crazy ass would that be if you had to carefully kill every one of these these little peons every time because one of them might be a sludge monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like that that matters though. Like even if it is in the same spot at the same time, that first time through, you will encounter one of these and then immediately every other kind of peon enemy that you encounter feels like mm-hmm. it has the possibility to turn into this thing that can like two shot you. And so that builds up this sense of mystery around that particular side of it. That That's seems cool. like a successful design choice. Then. You're still just fighting skeletons, dudes, and <laughs> skele- skeleton with sword, skeleton with shield kind of thing? Is it? Um, up for the first couple of areas uh, most of the time. Yeah. Like, there are definitely, like, undead knights and stuff in the in the uh, high wall of Lothric uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but as soon as you kind of get out of the walled city, you start finding uh, finding different enemies that do kind of different stuff. Did it? Uh, did Dark Souls Three release simultaneously? On I feel like I've seen people playing it on Steam. Did it get a PC release like right alongside 
the console release yes and that is a really good thing however uh the release was a little bit botched i'm not as angry as a lot of people are about it but uh came out in japan about two weeks before it did here and uh, a lot of people were able to kind of game the system to play as much of it as they could before the actual release so like a lot of this stuff for like people who are willing to go that extra mile is kind of old news um, for is, for this is that the part. rush to to play it quickly is to like be the first one to talk you want to be playing stuff. it at the same time as everybody else so that you can be sort of recess collaborating <laughs> on the mysteries right I mean that's my understanding of I mean that I feel like that's what a normal quickly. person wants but then there's the people who want to know everything before everyone else starts doing that so that you can be lord of knowledge. yeah i can understand the rush to like fill the wikis and stuff but i'm very much like in riff's camp there where it's like i kind of want to play like i'm in a text chain with a bunch of people from the duck feed community and that is that is a a fun time because we're all like afraid of spoiling things for each other so it's very much vague terms but very excited like oh my gosh i just found this npc and because we're progressing through it at roughly the same rate i know exactly what they're talking about (laughs) So it's kind of like people talking about the witness infuriatingly on podcasts for the first like two weeks that the witness was <sighs> kinda, but like they're people that I know and they're people that I really like and respect. <laughs> so and also I wasn't angry when people did that on podcasts either. So there, yeah. <sighs> Have you been playing any video games, Kevin? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of that uh, Slither.io. Oh right, that like Slitherio. weird. Slitherio. Cle- uh, massively multiplayer snake yeah <laughs> except for that you can hit you can run into yourself but not other snakes right you can pa- pass over your own oh body. you mean you're allowed to you're allowed to okay. yes which which makes for a bunch of interesting strategy it's it is a very simple game with a bunch of i think really interesting emergent behaviors was it made by the same people that made agar.io i would i would venture to guess that it is because it it has the same structure in and a the lot same of top ways. level domain and the same yeah sure <laughs> oh it's made by the same people that make washio that uh, service where they will send a, a ninja to do your laundry for you uh, uh yeah and itch.io so it's it is a you know a play field which is just a giant circle uh that sort of randomly gets populated with food pellets uh and then you you are a when you start the game, you become a snake that wanders around, much like the old, you know, arcade game Snake, and or your the old cell phone game Snake. Yeah, the Nokia, the classic Nokia yeah. jam. <clears throat> and you, as you eat more food, you get larger um, and longer. But there's also like three or four or five hundred other people playing in the same area. If you run into anybody else's snake, you die and become just a big sort of chain of food that's basically as long as your body is so uh, you know one of the really huge snakes when they eventually get killed they become this huge like feeding frenzy and then everybody sort of rushes in and then there's a bunch of like sort of chain reaction where a bunch of other people collide and like there's a bunch more food and then it just sort of draws it's 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 neat how that like emerges just from the simple rules uh, and then the, the only other thing you have besides sort of maneuvering around the space is you can sort of consume some of your length to speed up uh, which allows people to like sort of try to cut other people off and have them run into their bodies and stuff <laughs> or um, race for the food source so that you're the first one to get there. Uh, when you get long enough, you can entirely surround other people and then just sort of spiral slowly in uh, sort of until they eventually have no choice but to collide with you. Uh, 
Well, how do you make it so they're colliding with you instead of you colliding with them? Because you you can because you can uh, walk oh, only your, your head is the yeah okay and because you um, you can be over yourself you can just go very slowly anytime you know that, that you're not going to run into them and sort of just slowly get tighter and tighter. That seems uh, both cruel and boring. <laughs> uh, it's it's exciting in the sense that while you're doing that you are now a very becoming a very compact thing which is much easier for somebody else to come around right so you mm. have to be super aware of your surroundings. Uh, so that other people don't take advantage of the fact that you're trying to eat somebody else. So the, the, this degenerate strategy eventually just turns the game into a giant mandala. Sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a leaderboard which shows you the top ten, and then you know your rank out of the out of the number of people playing. I, I don't know. It's pretty compelling. Slither.io. Slither.io. Like, how do you feel about how kind of analog it feels? Because you're playing it not like on a grid, but with uh, with tank controls, right? Yeah, uh, you're just moving your mouse around, mm. so it's not even you're not using the keyboard at all. Uh, it, you follow, you basically follow the mouse pointer on your screen, and then click to uh, accelerate and consume some of your yourself. Mm. Uh, it is very mushy, and there's often latency, so it's you can't really. This is never going to be one of those like high. It's never going to be an esport. Yeah, it's never going to be an esport. <laughs> it's never going to be like a CS:GO or whatever. Uh, but it is. It's still really satisfying. It still feels pretty good 90% of the time. Uh, and you, you definitely can sort of, you know, as you get better at the game, learn how to cut people off and, and get them to run into you because you sort of spit up real quick and sort of did a U-turn around their head and they don't have time to turn. Um, as you get larger, it's you, like your turn radius becomes much, much worse. And so the little guys are actually much more dangerous. Um, Everybody's the same speed, mm. uh, regardless of size. Uh, so that's like I, I felt like agar.io. As you got larger, it became sort of really cumbersome to move around, uh, and this doesn't feel that way. So I I, I prefer this one to that one quite a bit. Uh, it's but, it's yeah. a little bit like a competitive, massively multiplayer flow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Spore, like the early version of Spore, like just how many people, uh, you know, the how, how you can fuck over people who are smaller than you. Except yeah, I, I kind of know that, you know, it's somebody on the other side of this that I am voting. Is the, the was that first sort of tier of Spore a multiplayer environment? No, or, no, no, I don't think I don't, so. I don't think it ever was. Because no. that would have been kind of a neat game, probably. That was right? like the only good part of Spore. <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of stuff about Spore that would have been neat. Yeah. I, you know, it was it was talked up. Yeah. yeah, that was the that was the the time that Will Wright became Peter Molyneux for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> for those eight years, it was in development. Although that tech went on to be really useful in the new SimCity for uh, squeezing buildings into weird shapes. Yeah, that's true. They used all of the like creature creator tech to like oh, except, instead of a tentacle, it's like a you know a water tower or whatever <laughs> attached it's a, to the side. It's of a this library one. annex for your school. Yeah, it's a it's a extra parking spot for your fire truck <laughs> secretly these are all just organisms and eventually everyone's cities is just gonna <laughs> yeah. uh no no no, no phone games or anything no, nothing uh, nothing particularly new yeah. I, I completed black box so i hmm. finished all of the puzzles oh, in gosh. black box uh, so what I, you finally figured out how to do the 
last the, there was the last one you showed me on your phone yesterday i thought did you yeah well so i was like you know what i will i'll go uh i'm i'm so close to this i'll just like go for a, a short drive and and finish it and i went outside and turned it on and it completed so like it, i guess the data oh. that it uses uh was not is not super accurate huh and took, it, like, but you were close to like you were gonna drive up a mountain or something uh, yeah okay <laughs> but it, like Spo- spoilers uh it would have uh, it would have only been like a ten minute drive from here. Like it was really, it we're super close to, to the threshold. I haven't mm. figured out how to At unlock the new ones yet. Oh, this like the the most recent set. Yeah. The yeah, they're weird. They're they're very meta. <laughs> Th- this is that game that puts like an achievement structure over your actual real life. No, so this is uh, well, this is a puzzle game over that, your phone. Well, <laughs> okay, maybe. sure. It's it's a bunch of puzzles that you have to solve, none of which involve touching the screen. So mm. the the simple ones are like you know make a noise, like point the camera at something specific or whatever. Like, uh, but they get weirder and weirder and use all these sensors that you didn't realize your phone had, and they're spooky. And also <laughs> some very strange sort of API things that the phone can do. Okay, it's it's very very weird because hmm. as you sort of use up all the the obvious ones, you have to start thinking. As a designer, you have to start thinking very laterally. Yeah. So. It's cool. Yeah. I, I find I it very it. difficult to recommend it to people. If you like puzzles, I, I, I think it's neat because it is it is unlike most other puzzle games, which I think is really satisfying. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, we got to go to Puzzled Pint as attendees oh, yeah. yesterday for the first time ever for both of us instead of just uh, Kevin operating the event and me drinking <laughs> and occasionally <laughs> handing people a sheaf. Uh, we, did, we did well. Yeah, we did. Nice. Were, we st- were we still at the top of the leaderboard, as, as, or did somebody beat I us? I think there was one team that did it in under an hour. Ah, so. curses. Yeah. But we'll I track, no, we'll I no track them down and there. eat their brains, <laughs> and then we'll be smarter for the next time. <laughs> uh, I think this, this indicated to me that I'm not a good puzzle tester for them because we're just, we're just sort of more well-versed in how puzzles work, and I feel like the, aud- the regular audience for Puzzled Pint is slow way more stupid. casual like a bunch of stupid slow babies is that what you're, <laughs> you're trying to say sure uh so in case you in case uh, you are not aware of what, what puzzle pint is it is a monthly puzzle event that happens in a bunch of different cities around the world uh every it seems like every month we're adding new cities it's um, all over the place like it's in austria it's in uh, new zealand yeah 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 uh and so odds are that there is some place near you or near issue that uh has one it's the second tuesday of every month hmm and there's a little packet of four to five puzzles usually that uh, you solve in a in a little group with with friends over beer. Cole, it yeah. looks like you might have to go to Indianapolis y- if you want to do it. Yeah, that's the thing. I was I was looking at it because I was like, oh, now that I'm on here, I can actually like engage with this because I've heard talk- I've heard you talking about it for a while, and it sounds sounds great. Uh, but Indianapolis is a tough road to hoe. How far is that uh, from Cincinnati? That's about like uh, four or five hours, something like that. Yeah. That's not worth it. <laughs> if you were going to Indiana, if you were going to Indianapolis for some other reason, yeah. like to watch a NASCAR race, <laughs> or or one to, uh, to five hundred, but five hundred one that happens in space. <laughs> um, wh- what else happens in Indianapolis? A Gen Con. Okay, Gen Con. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you go into a Gen Con. Yeah, uh, but it might not be on a Tuesday. Yeah. It might not be on the definitely close not to the first Tuesday of the uh, <laughs> of the month. I have to stay a couple of extra days. Yeah. 
According to that crow from the television, there's more than corn in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> so I know at least there's the super sensational, exciting, vacational Indiana Beach. <laughs> there's, uh, Zach, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It was a crow on the television. <laughs> I, uh, you, you, you grew up too, too close to this, I think. Every once in a while, he would fly in. <laughs> uh, and even if we closed the window, he would come down the he would come down the pipe of the the wood stove, uh, and then and he would rest on top fire, of the television. Yeah, yeah, he would land on the television, and then he would he would he would sing that song about how there's more than corn in Indiana. Is I, this Medivh? I did find this and post a link to it in some show notes like okay. a year ago or something. You should, you'll have to re uh, re yeah, I'll have to re track it down. That's a that's a spooky thing that you can do is just find any weird thing that you remember from your childhood oh, yeah. you can just identify and then watch it on youtube yeah <laughs> <laughs> was was indiana beach was that a was that a water park i i think that it was just a beach resort on the on the coast of lake michigan okay so not actually in indianapolis no <laughs> i'm just thinking of other things in indiana you could go to uh you could go to Terre Haute and uh, see uh, the Knight Rider car. <laughs> that's a thing that I did one one weekend in the '80s. You can go to uh, no, I was, was going to say Metropolis, but that's Illinois, and I'm not even a Superman mm. fan. I just know that from my stepdad. My cousin runs a theater company in Indianapolis. Oh, that's true. Mm. And you can go to any of their uh, various theater events, or I think they still do an annual sort of party at the Children's Museum called Adult Swim, where you get to like wander around the kids' museum, which is cool. It's, that's a weird, uh, an unfortunate name choice for it. Adult Swim? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sponsored yeah, by Cartoon fine. Network. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I had never heard that phrase outside of the context of the Cartoon Network, oh, really? Adult Swim. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, I was never much of a swimmer. I didn't, you know, it, I, I guess that's a thing like couples skate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where yes, it's they like, do. <laughs> All right, well, so for this song, you're going to be depressed. <laughs> That's what that means. We're going to chase you off of the ice. No, no, Adult Swim is uh, is, is a lot of people's first uh, first real encounter and brush with authority. You know, like... Oh, because like, you, you get kicked out as a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, there's th- there are some things that adults, and by extension, people who are better than you, get to do that you can't at certain times. Because it's basically just an orgy in the water, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is, it, it's untenable. Yeah, boy, the whole pool is purple after uh, that. Uh, after oh, that oh. Why purple? Why would you have to pick the most upsetting color? <laughs> oh, well, no, that chem- that Purple's chemical the that they put in it that, color. that makes it. That, there was there was the urban myth when I was a kid, at least, that pools had some chemical in them that would turn purple if you peed. Yeah. No, it was that same stuff. They just put a bunch of a bunch of plaque candy in there, like you would eat to uh, to show how much you. Uh, oh yeah, eat. that red stuff that you would chew on for them to yell at you about your dental hygiene. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a shame tablet. Oh, huh. Yeah, th- I remember those things tasting pretty good. I wonder if you can just buy oh. those now and just yeah. put them in a candy dish. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, so like a bunch so we, of that and like those foaming blood capsules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just oh, a big man. fan of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Sorry, Francis. <laughs> we uh, yeah, well, 
the only, the only other thing I can think of that's in that category in my head is those lollipops from the doctor that have the the stick is looped around. Oh yeah, so, so you like don't the choke. Si- the si- the safety lollipops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're not dangerous until you're almost done with the lollipop. <laughs> it's not like it's just like an actual loop. Uh, for some reason in my head I was imagining like a lollipop that uh, inside is just live be- it's just like a hollow chamber with live bees <laughs> inside. Okay. So like to like to convince you not to eat candy, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. you're just sucking away on this lollipop, and then all of a sudden your mouth is full of bees. Uh, you uh, dealt too greedily yeah. and too deep, and now you're, now you're full of bees. Because yep. <laughs> I feel like that would... the bees and gangrene out. If you didn't, like, I feel like that would scare me away from you eating candy yeah. for a, long, a good long well, time. No, you would, well, I mean, that's the, the premise of those uh, lollipops with the scorpion inside them. Exactly. Right, like, yeah. that's an exoticism that you pay for. At least, at least we did when <laughs> we were kids. That is a live scorpion. You lick into there enough, and he will sting you on your tongue. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking. I, I keep pulling uh, cardboard boxes out of old cabinets in oh, the garage, yeah. and I keep thinking, it's going to happen finally. I'm finally going to get stung by a scorpion. And I honestly, I kind of just welcome that sweet oblivion. Hmm. You know, I, I at this point, I, <laughs> I just want it to be over so that I won't be scared of it anymore, but I'm not brave enough to do it on purpose. Or maybe you will just... Be like, oh my god, this hurts. Yeah, just be so like, oh. I mean, Jenny got stung by those same scorpions like twice. So, what is it that the most deadly scorpion in the world, like the only one with poison that can kill you, does live in North America? It yeah, like, it yeah. was in Arizona. It's in Arizona. The kind that my house is riddled with right, is the right. only kind that ever actually kills him. It only kills like babies or people who are so old that they're already more or less dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or people who are like crazy allergic and don't seek medical attention or I, like. It's it's on the order of like one person every few years yeah. that gets killed by one of them. Call it, and people get stung all the time. So it's call, call it Phoenix Rollout. Opening up yeah, a yeah. box in a garage. Yeah, just doing anything. Picking up a, picking up anything that's on the ground outside, uh walking barefoot. <laughs> yeah, your carpet is basically scorpion card. <laughs> so that helps. Yeah, that's I, I selected it based. I took a scorpion in uh, to use as a color match. <laughs> Why would you do that? You're giving them camouflage. Yeah, yeah, well, I like to give them a fighting chance. You know, yeah. it's it's like uh, uh, I can't think of any actual hunting practice that is designed to give the animals a fighting chance. I like bow hunting, maybe. Game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, knife. They don't have bows, you know. <laughs> <Knife> <laughs> I mean, if you if you just rigged it, if you st- like captured a, a like a like a say a twelve point buck, and you rigged a crossbow to it for each of its points. Oh shit! Like that's that's and and, and just like anytime they look at something and their heart rate heart rate goes above a certain threshold, it just fires a crossbow at whatever they're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be that would be pretty fair, I think, if all you had was a bow. <laughs> You see a rabbit, that, and you're, like, punching yourself in the stomach. <laughs> it would be tricky to – the engineering on that would be tricky. It would sort of have to be on a turret on the back of the – Pretty much, the yeah. Buck and then, yeah, and then they couldn't really go under any low-hanging branches or – just freak out and just spray crossbow bolts in every direction. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, I think we're on to something, guys. <laughs> I have continued to play uh, Ocarina of Time. Oh. It's, the other, it's the other game I have played. How are you? I'm chugging along. I've got, I have the Ocarina of Time. I have uh, 
I've completed a couple of uh, dungeons and have some. I've freed some sages. Uh, I have a horse. Uh, I got a much, ha yeah. hammer. <laughs> okay. I think I think I still need to get some gloves somewhere. Yeah, so you can pick up heavier things. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, right? No. Like they're magic, though. <laughs> but it could be anything. I mean, in the original Zelda, it was a bracelet. In, um, I think I Link's have a bracelet. Too. I have a bracelet that lets me pick up rocks, but I think I need gloves to pick up to move heavier things. Mm. If that bracelet was like an RFID thing that would let you start a forklift, <laughs> that would let you what? Start what? Like a remote starter for a forklift. Okay. Yeah. You know. Sure. Like all modern cars have that thing where you just push a button if your bracelet is close enough to them, <laughs> right? And they'll start. There's a there's a heart fragment on top of a volcano that I have no idea how to get, which I'm which is frustrating me. You can't get it with a boomerang. Uh, I guess maybe I could. I've never I haven't gone there as a kid because you don't you can't wear the um, the tunic that prevents you from taking hot mm. damage. Mm. I forgot that only the kid had the boomerang. Yeah. Does only yeah. the kid have the slingshot? The, yeah. the adult link eventually gets like the hook shot, right? They, they get the hook shot and the bow, and the kid has the slingshot and the boomerang. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what do you think of the tonal shift when you become adult link in that? Because it gets super dark, right? Yeah, the town is like overrun by the really scary zombies that like jump on your back. The redeads, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the piggyback zombies <laughs> with the with the crazy mask faces, yeah. But then, like you, there's like that weird gerudo town or whatever where it's like the goofy carpenters are like all trapped in cell like it's just it like it's it's not consistent across the land yeah yeah that silly stuff in there always i found really really off-putting yeah it's it's odd um yeah I, i'm continuing to enjoy it the the dungeons are interesting and, and well designed and they, i feel like they make good use of the 3d space yeah because this was the first 3d zelda title at all right mm -hmm. yeah so i think th you know, they are using it in a bunch of interesting ways to to make to have secrets and to it was, I think that there was the one where the, the hallway was twisted, whether it's twisted or not, and like there's exits on the side, on the walls that become holes in the floor. Yeah, and stuff. The, that's the, clever. The whole level shifts as you walk down the hallway. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I think though the fullness of time, like Mario with Mario 64, demonstrated that they maybe overdid it a little bit with the 3D in that one, and eventually mm. like scaling it back a little bit gave them the benefits without. Like, the, have you done the water temple yet? Yes. It's tedious, I thought. It's uh, it's easier on the DS. Yeah. They, they, they made <clears throat> switching boots much simpler. Ah, uh, okay. You just you just hit a button and Yeah. It, but you're still like you're you still looking, looking for switches in very unintuitive places. They the walls have um like there's like a border around the doors that lead to the switches. Oh that's cool. And then a little path. Like it's it's incredibly like I like I didn't realize that this was different now and now that you explain it like if if I didn't have that kind of guidance I think I would have been lost for a long time because you just don't know where to go but there's it's actually pretty well signposted like oh okay the, the water's at the lowest level there's a door that has like that's obviously like this is covered in a, like a red border so I go into here yeah. to get the switch to the second one and so on 
games. Uh, so that's one of those things, right? Like, it's admirable that they're updating these games to be played as readily as possible on new systems. But, like, these... <laughs> I would never argue against making these quality of life improvements. However, there there are going to be a lot of people whose only experience is with those quality of life improvements. So these these kind of memes that are like, oh, the water temple is, is terrible. If they improve every water temple, all of a sudden that creates two kind of different oh. games. Yeah, and, like, you have a dissonance. Uh, Jim has... Uh, gotten to a place where he is near a microphone so I'm yeah gonna, let's I'm have him start add. recording and we'll uh cool. we'll uh we'll onboard him all right we can't do anything that requires me to do any editing because i don't know how <laughs> so no dead air guys no dead air no dead air uh, i feel like uh, uh... <laughs> yes and the, the, the uh the audio quality has changed is jim on the call if he is, we cannot hear him. So he's got to figure out how to get audio to us. <laughs> Jim, if you're on the call, give us a sign. Uh. Oh, the table's oh! rattling, guys. The table's <laughs> rattling. Do, do we have... Wait a minute. Come on. Let's let's clap for him. Come on. <laughs> yes, I he's do a, believe he, in he frog just... fractions. <laughs> Jim, Jim, Jim. I was saying it three times like Beetlejuice, but it sounded like I was just cheering for him. <laughs> like, to perform admirably in the big game. Uh, he just he says hi uh, in the chat. Okay. That's a start. So D- he's, has he, he's technically on the call. Has he, uh, as some weird exercise effort, uh, made it so he has to like sink free throws to activate his microphone? <laughs> Possibly. Because we got him covered there. That's really not very good exercise. Jim, I don't think this plan is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but free throws? Yeah. Again, it's a start. What if they what if they are from a, like across an entire uh, basketball court? Okay, yeah, like yeah, full, like, that's not really a free throw. Full then. court medicine ball. <laughs> oh yeah. Shots. yeah. Downtown medicine ball games? Yeah. That's Full court medicine ball shots are my favorite <laughs> drink at the bar. <laughs> yeah, boy, that was a thing they had. A, they, you just yeah. get a tray of them for your frat. Yeah, it's a yeah. Pepto Bismol, Sambuca, and uh, just <laughs> oh, a, just just a, just a little bit of one fifty one. Ah, the medicine. <laughs> the the Pepto Bismol was the medicine. Was the <laughs> right. High five. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Oh, we could have one, two, three, high five for Jim to sync audio, but uh, I guess Skype is. Uh, he says uh, he's unable to fix his audio settings, so I don't know if he can even hear us. I don't know what the audio settings have to do with anything. Oh, he can hear us. Boy, oh. Skype is Skype for a thing that so many people use so much of the time, and that is arguably so important to like making the internet go around. Oh yeah, is f- just fucking garbage. No, it's heated. It's oh, yeah? heated up horse trash, is what it is just oh god it's so bad i'm I, like i'm really glad that you kevin are the one that has to handle all the skype it's been fine I, you know I, it they made it so that it was relatively easy to add people to calls and stuff maybe that could be another tier of uh of patreon backing <laughs> develop some, a skype alternative re- i'll bump my pledge up yeah for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. If we get to a thousand dollars an episode, we will personally replace Skype with something better. <laughs> no. Fuck, fuck you, Microsoft. <laughs> you mean like two tin cans and a string? <laughs> Slack has calling built in now. Does it? It does. Man, if Slack added voice and just took over for Skype, man. I think it might already have that. Huh. They don't uh, they don't do a good job of exposing it. No. Whoa. Or writing Windows desktop software. They sent me a survey about my Windows desktop oh, Slack good. experience, and I they did not allow me to go into a lot of details, but I was like, you know, I love Slack. Everything is great. I use it all the time for these purposes. How would you compare the desktop client to the web client? Like, zero. <laughs> wow. Like, because, man, is it rough on Windows. Yeah. Every time I use it, I have to go into the task manager, and it's like, it's like a room full of enemies in The Legend of Zelda. I have to figure out which one of those to kill that will make all the others die. <laughs> you know, like, they had the, the secret, the secret like, mini-boss monster feature in Zelda. Mm-hmm. That was a... Did, you know, I don't remember ever actually talking about that. That is a weird feature. That is a weird, weird design choice. Oh. Because you can't engage with that system on purpose. Because you never know which one it's going to be or if there's going to be one. Right, like if there's going to be one of those linchpin enemies. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it turns out this guy was just a master illusionist and the others were all fake. Ooh. Uh, they could hurt you. Jimmy's going to give up trying uh, for the time being. No. Because he cannot figure out how to get audio to us. I mean, Jim could keep listening to us and get a sneak preview of what this episode's <laughs> going to be true. like. <laughs> he could publish the show notes before the show is even published. Oh, wow. <laughs> What about you, Riff? Have you been playing any video games? Um, pretty much just Dark Souls three. Hmm. Yep. How uh, how far did you get? I am. I I am making my way through the first area very slowly because I'm pretty sure I missed a bonfire or a shortcut somewhere. Yeah. And consequently, the run is super long. Yeah. So. Super confusing geometry. Um, in this yeah. game, kind of across even, the board. Even like the 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 opening like tutorial area had a bunch of branching paths and shit that I was not expecting. Yeah, so like if Dark Souls One is this tight and coiled kind of like a like a snake that's resting upon itself in terms of the way the world is put together, and if Dark mm -hmm. Souls Two is this uh, kind of like hub and spoke model, Dark Souls Three is this long and winding road with a lot of diverticula. Like it's it's definitely closer to uh, to, to to Bloodborne in that regard. Cool. I I will say that the the worry that I had was that in like it seems like they're kind of rejecting uh, Dark Souls two as like the black sheep of the family and going back to sort of Dark Souls one themes, and I was worried that they were going to. Uh, make it as artistically drab and dismal as i found dark souls one mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I it's i feel like it's not at all i mean it's definitely gloomier than dark souls 2 was yeah but it's gloomier in the way that bloodborne is gloomy which which still has a ton of amazing scenery and good use of color in it so I'm, I'm giant spiders. I'm perfectly <laughs> happy with it. I have not had to fight any spiders yet. We'll see how it goes. Is that a <laughs> is, is is that a particular kind of bugbear for you? Also, did you fight any bugbears? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just it is in 
I feel like it, it's something that I don't usually notice, but it was so much of a problem for me in Dark Souls 1 that it sort of made it the game in the series that I've not yet been able to play all the way through because of it. Mm. Because it, it just it hammers on you all throughout the game because you're going from like this like gray ruin to sewer to underneath the sewer and then a catacomb <laughs> and then a completely black cave <laughs> and you finally get back upstairs and then it's like okay well now i'm in the brown castle <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't vary up the color palette or the lighting scheme until in orlando until yeah until one third to one half of the way through the yeah. game and even in orlando is not colorful and and orlando is like architecturally cool and has a lot more interesting scenery in it but it's still very gray yeah it's a man it just drained it drained all the life out of me if they had like i love the crystal cave and i love like the duke's archive yeah but those are both at like the very end of the game yep (laughs) so i suppose that's what i mean is that like where they is that where they keep all the maintenance manuals for the General Lee and all of the yes. uh, the, the patrol schedules for Roscoe and Cletus? That's, uh, and that's right. The, uh, the sheet music for the horn. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the maps for where, ex- for where exactly the, uh, the, co- the county line is. Yes, yes, right. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, a, bu- a bunch of uh, really, like, plans for really quickly making ramps out of lumber so that they can jump over bridges that are out and stuff uh yeah you didn't see all that you you know like you you watch the show and you just think that the those boys just effortlessly yeah, yeah. straightened the curves and flattened the hills you didn't see the work that went into it <laughs> do, you, do they ever explain how they make those exploding crossbow bolts <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You you look at them and it just looks like a stick of dynamite on the end of an arrow, but that's that can't be <laughs> that all that can't be work. all there is yeah. to it. That, yeah. That, that's the thing you about know. being a Duke boy. You know, if you're doing your job right, nobody knows you're doing it at all. That's right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That I mean they do I mean Uncle Jesse is sort of like a wizard. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he, he's he's got a gray beard, he stays at home. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know, d- scrying <laughs> to, to, to tell, t- telepathically tell the Duke boys where the where the fuzz is. Scrying in an overturned hubcap. <laughs> so he scries to tell the Duke boys where the fuzz is. Daisy just wears those short shorts to make it clear where the fuzz is. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that that was. Bad it's guess. fine. I uh, my in in grade school my the janitor of the grade school had in his little janitor closet the walls were just plastered with like magazine cut out photos of of daisy duke weird <laughs> that's like yeah it was like yeah at a grade school i mean it, it, he was you know he was like i don't know I, like i think of him as being an old man but i was nine so yeah. or, you know, or maybe i was like seven he, so yeah. like he could have been in his 30s yeah, he was like 22 you know, but yeah uh, so, I mean, I guess that would have that would have been, no. He was like gray and bald. Mm, okay. um, so I just I always associate the smell of that uh, that like sort of chemical infused sawdust that they used to clean up puke oh, yeah. with Daisy Duke. <laughs> oh because no! That, I, I know, I know. It's it's rough, and, and vice versa too. Like, which makes it really, it makes it really like less less fun to think about Daisy Duke. <laughs> Oh gosh! So yeah, you, you have to you have to switch over to uh, to Farrah Fawcett. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. 
the, the it's on the other side of the sink yep. <laughs> from the Daisy Duke. Ha. <laughs> uh, just Dark Souls, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what, what's that's so. What's the du- What's the Duke's archive actually like? <laughs> oh, it's the one full of astrolabes. Yeah, yeah, it's a Ooh. it's a gigantic. It's like a giant's library. Hmm. Who's, so the Duke is big? Uh, the Duke is actually a gigantic crystal dragon that has no skin. Ah. Yeah. What, uh, what makes it a crystal dragon? He controls crystals. We have sorcery and stuff. So, okay, so he's like made out of muscles and gristle and stuff, but he controls crystals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's like a... Like a <laughs> Uh, like a deer hunter he's a hunter that hunts deers he's not a deer <laughs> yeah. who is a hunter right he's not the he's not the character like a, from that parody game the the parody adventure game of the deer hunter games right. yeah. uh, uh, a camera man he's not a man made of cameras he's a man that <laughs> operates cameras yep uh, man there would have been a better pull i uh what what other what other people start with nouns <laughs> Uh, garbage man <laughs> yeah garbage man there you go that would there you go anchorman don't broadcast right. from the bottom of the anchorman. sea that's true yeah that's that's a true fireman yeah. is not made of fire not at first <laughs> yep, there we go. so i just because i was curious i i had never actually looked up uh the order of ranks of peerage before i was like why would a dragon be a duke right because like Duke does not seem like that big a deal to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know, right? Like it's like Duke, right? That's like mi- middle of the road, right? Like you have you have maybe multiple estates, yeah, right? right. <laughs> like are you? So uh, Duke is actually the highest rank of peerage, yeah. And then there's Marquess, then Earl, then Viscount, and then <laughs> oh yeah. Earl, so, I remember him. He was on that show too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Baron is the the bottom of the peerage. Do, do, do you, which I read from here as Bacon. Which hmm. do, 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 do you actually want to know how he's a duke? Like like what his line of succession was? Because this is one of those moments where I know the answer, but I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know yeah. if it's actually warranted. This that is I your say wheelhouse. It. Cool. Yeah, no. I want to know it. Here we go. I'm going to rub my hands together. Oh boy, here he goes. No, he was a dragon who defected uh, to Lord Gwyn, the uh, the Lord of Sunlight, away from his peers to help against uh, in the war against the dragons, and so he was given a piece of the Lord's yeah. soul as a, as a kind of like a reward for his betrayal and given uh, access to this gigantic library where, where he could go mad studying crystalline sorceries. Hmm, but they took his skin? No, he didn't have any skin. He was he was jealous of the other dragons because they had they had uh, scales and skin that made them uh, that made them uh, immortal and he did not. Oh, uh, so he was like born. He had a birth defect, and it made him hate the other dragons, and that's why he betrayed them. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, what is that? Three, the, the, the three hundred movie. Yeah. Or uh, or like uh, Mr. Glass on <laughs> Unbreakable. Yep. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Any number. Lex Lex Luthor was born with male pattern baldness, and that made him <laughs> jealous. Jealous of Superman's sick curls. <laughs> <laughs> yep. His his black slash blue hair. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. He probably could do some pretty sick curls. I mean, he's really strong. <laughs> yeah, he could curl some buses, you know. Hmm. I, uh, I, 
I only played a terrible uh, free-to-play. Do you remember when Disney said, oh, yeah, all right, so we've got the rights to make all the Star Wars video games, but don't get your hopes up because we're only going to make free-to-play garbage mobile games. And that is still what they're doing. Yeah. And it's still real disappointing. This one, I don't know how long it's been out, but it is... I think it is Clash of Clans. I've never played Clash of Clans. I've only played Clash Royale, which I've heard described as a sort of a better balanced and more kind of immediate quasi-MOBA version of, of that uses a lot of the classic clan, Clash of Clans units and assets. Um, but you're like building a base and having to come back every hour to see if your shit's finished building or spend crystals to speed it up. And then sometimes your base gets attacked and then it's like your base is a little tower defense level for some AI controlled opponents or some other player controlled opponents. And sometimes you're sending your guys, you make guys and send them on missions, but they're only, it's sort of like football. You, you have like your offense stormtroopers and your defense turrets, but your stormtroopers can't like, they just stay in the ship. If somebody comes and attacks you, okay. Like, like apparently, maybe you need another building to pay them enough to get out of the ship to protect your base. Um, but man, I am like I gave Clash Royale a little bit of money because I was like, yeah, you know, this is pretty good. I will throw five bucks at this. But in this game, five bucks gets you so little. Hmm. It was like that Galaxy of Heroes game where the first time I gave the money and saw what you got for it, I was just like, wow, this is. I guess in a way, maybe it bodes well for free-to-play games in general being able to put things at a slightly higher price point once people are used to it. Because uh -huh. KOL has always been in that sort of weird space where it was a free-to-play game before free-to-play game games became a thing that like maybe you would get a dollar out of somebody. You know, we sort of don't sell anything for less than 10 bucks and never have. But... Well, man, tough. do you just get nothing for like a hundred dollars in these Star Wars games? It's crazy, huh? So is it like explicit, just whale chasing? I it maybe I don't or I mean I guess Clash of Clans, I think has a mechanic whereby you can protect yourself from being attacked if you give them like a couple bucks a day, like your base uh. won't get fucked up. If you if you buy this thing every day, Jeez. that's a dollar. That's a pretty nice base. Be a shame if something happened yeah. to it. Yeah, like, and this does that. And so, I mean, maybe if you're really into the PvP aspect of it, which maybe that's all there is in the fullness of time, is the, you know, the 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 clash of these various clans. Uh, but to me, like coming at it as a like, sort of. You know, it is like kind of a weird RTS with a single player campaign and unnecessary timers. Right. And if there was a way to give them some money to get some more of that, I would. But I guess the landscape is just different when you're playing competitively, right? And you just are like, well, I can. I don't know. We should see. We, like, I wonder if on the Giant Bomb cast, if Dan Reichert is like gonna talk about his spending habits because he's he got into a clash of clans clan with a bunch of professional wrestlers oh, so he's really really <laughs> excited about that he's like so happy to be like invited into this club with people that he's idolized <laughs> since he was a child that it's making him a serious clash of clans player but he's like also a really smart game critic and so i'm curious that, that is certainly I don't know that that was an arguable statement that I just made, but certainly people would argue with me <laughs> if I said it to them. Uh, right. And I and I, I really wonder if, like, 
if he is going to get bought into that ecosystem to the point where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's really not. Like, if I give them a dollar a day is sort of like subscribing to World of Warcraft a couple times, and that's not, like, that's not insanely extravagant, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe that's how it works. You know, maybe maybe they're just tapping into, like, a competitive mindset that I don't... It's just, it's so bizarre because even, you know, for, for as little as you get for paying them, what they're setting up is a model where your monetary investment is so much higher than your time investment. And like that, that flips everything that I would expect about like my relationship with this content. Sorry for using that gross word kind of on its head. Like it needs to be the other way around. I, I want to invest a little bit for the ability to play a whole bunch, you know? Yeah, and I mean, the typical model of a free-to-play game is, like, you can either spend a lot of time on this or a little bit of money. Yeah. And, I mean, in you know, I think what that points to is the focus of those games on the sort of metagame, the achievement structure, the progression, the, like, little jolts of endorphins that you get from leveling up to where you want that more than you want to actually play the game. <laughs> you know, which, like, that's a thing with with rpgs you know yeah. like the watching the cutscenes in a final fantasy is more fun than grinding out the battles and so if you were trying to figure out a way to get people to pay for what they actually wanted but then you end up with the perverse incentive to make the gameplay tedious <laughs> on purpose yeah. so that people will want to pay you so that they don't have to play it yeah um hearthstone i think is really like I don't know, ethical, really nice about that because it's like you're getting some stuff and you're getting some stuff for like a relatively small amount of money and you get to keep it and the, you know, the competitive scene sort of works itself out. You're not going to rise very far in the ranks if you haven't spent some money or spent a bunch of time earning the gold to get cards. But I don't know, this just, the at least with hearthstone it feels like you're getting a quasi durable good (laughs) for the money because you're always getting some cards yeah and with with these it's like no you're just like if all you can buy is a a, little bit more time like a really like highly granular currency which is only useful for like make this timer go down faster (laughs) something so like incredibly transitory yeah yeah, and it's and and boring. Yeah. Also, it's like I like let me give you five dollars and I get a Boba Fett. Yeah, like give me you the know? ability don't, to do some cool shit. Yeah, as opposed to just like, well, here's some more of this stuff that we're we're slowly eking out to you. And I, but I mean, Clash of Clans is like the most profitable thing in the world, so <laughs> it's obviously working, right? And it's and it can't just be. I don't think that it would have been around this long. Or been as successful if it was just that whale chasing thing. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they've got to be. I don't know. I mean, you hear yeah, depressing yeah. stories. You know, you hear like the people who are in the top spots like have to keep spending fifty bucks a day to stay in the top spot or whatever. Yeah. But that's one guy, and so you need a lot of those. That guys. that that's, that's where it becomes perverse because in that Dan Reichert example, like I can totally. I don't doubt that somebody can justify it. I just want to see every step along the way to get it there. Because, like, putting it in terms of, like, a WoW subscription, you know, like, it's not that far to break it down to, like, well, it's the equivalent of buying, like, six fancy coffees a month. But, like, what are you getting out of it? Like, because I would totally get so much I feel like, from my kind of ignorant position, I would get so much more out of two WoW subscriptions (laughs) for than what they're getting. But I just just don't know. Yeah, you could... You could play WoW twice. Yeah, you know, you you, you, you could two box it. You know, 
that's it. We did have multiple WoW subscriptions at one point. We had a <laughs> we we collect we collectively paid for another account so that we could have like a a character with a trade skill that the rest of us didn't have. <laughs> no, no. We 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 paid for another account and leveled up a mage to teleport us. <laughs> yeah, right. On the server that we were on. Yeah. And that was like that convenience was worth 11 bucks a month to us or whatever. Yeah, you, you hired a uh, chauffeur. I remember when we talked to Raf Coster, he was telling us that in the oh, right. in the late the late points and Cole, you were around for this in the time when like everquest was like still a going concern but kind of late in its late in its arc yeah the average player had two and a half accounts oh i definitely did or something yeah i did like most of the people in my guild did did so did they start all those accounts themselves or were they taking over for people that were leaving the game uh most of them started them because like okay, I, it might have been a special case i was on the uh, the role-playing server where at least when i was playing it you could only have one character per account Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But I could totally... He was saying that a lot of people, like, a, your your max level guild mate would quit, but you were like, well, fuck, we can't lose our tank. <laughs> and so somebody else would just buy the account. Yeah. What? You, you never really talk about... Like, I feel like I know that about you, mm -hmm. but you never you never really talk about it. Like, what was your what was your experience with EverQuest? Oh, I mean, it was totally like a, like a surrogate social kind of thing a little bit so uh like i started playing everquest in like late middle school um around the time of like the uh between scars of velius and uh, uh shadow over Lookland uh came out around that time and so i was playing it with a bunch of with a bunch of friends uh that i had around there i, I conned my parents into uh Indicating this man this has been really heavy on parent content i'm sorry about that no. <laughs> but, but uh but then it quickly became like oh i'm gonna play on this role-playing server with with this guild that is gonna let this like 14 15 year old kid in and just like use it as this chat room that has like the you know that gives you the ability to watch numbers go up and so like it was incredibly young you know, i was incredibly young but it was around the same time i was doing like team fortress classic kind of stuff it was a little bit the height like the height of my uh, my playing game socially, like it was right before I started playing like Halo with a bunch of friends. But it was like yeah, like most of these were just excuses to to do something with my hands while I was talking with people from Sweden and stuff. But yeah, I play. I went to do something with your hands while you were cybering with a elf lady. <laughs> Kinda, <laughs> but it was more like hey, I wanna I wanna find out more about your life, you know, and you're gonna listen to me be stupid, you know. Uh, but did, but did, wait, did you have to do it in fiction? <laughs> uh so because it was a role-playing game like it was a role-playing server you really just said like out of character stuff in parentheses so it meant that all of the guild chat was in parentheses uh okay. yeah yeah but i was never like the and thou it was more just kind of like i'm going to uh, in, in this register again registers i'm going to talk about stuff that's happening in the game and then in this other one it's kind of like hey guys how's your day going but yeah like i played that for about like i, I went from like everquest uh, to City of Heroes to WoW very very casually but like that was that was definitely a part of my life before I decided to make a conscious effort to sink that time into playing a wider variety of stuff and also college college mm, like Dark Souls <laughs> yep. yeah uh, you know best laid plans or whatever uh, but also like college happened and uh, that was not the uh, the best time to to be nursing that habit yeah it's weird EverQuest came around at a time like sort of before broadband in a lot of places mm -hmm. right and so it was like i think the reason that i didn't get super into it when it i played it like the, i played vanilla everquest in like 99 nice. 
but there was only one phone line in a house that I was living in with like four other dudes. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, I, I had to dial up to play (laughs) it. And so it was like, I, you know, I got one character to like level 10 or something. And then I was like, ah, this is, wow. I didn't even realize that, that, that the prevalence of wow might be more due to the fact that it correspond, like it's release corresponded to the, like getting over the hump in terms of everybody having broadband and it was just the, the the newest, first best MMO that was out when hmm. the critical enough mass of people had broadband. Maybe that was the thing that, that MMOs were waiting for, and it wasn't necessarily that it was just better. It, w- it would have to be 50-50 that, and also the fact that they had learned so much from EverQuest. Like, even Vanilla WoW out sure. of the gate was so much more friendly. Yeah, I mean, the original design team of everquest was like hardcore or of world of warcraft was hardcore everquest raider yeah people was it right which was i i mean and i think that's that's what drove a lot of the kind of raid focused content development which they have backed off on a lot have they in it i i think that a lot of the content development effort goes into questing out in the world that didn't used to you know they so I remember our friend Eric telling us that it used to be like what their plan when they were launching was that you would stop getting quests at like level 10 or something. And then it was just like world Whoa. stuff. Huh. And that was all. But then they were like, they, they saw people just losing interest and they were like, well, fuck, <laughs> I guess we need, I guess we need quests the whole way. And that I think, you know, made a huge, that made me stay interested in it. Yeah. For, for all of the fact that EverQuest is named EverQuest, it launched without the without the construct of a quest in it. And even when I... <laughs> the game is the quest, though. That's, when I was playing... Well, right, idea. yeah, that was the point of it. But when I was playing it, it was just like basically tab over to a wiki, <laughs> figure out what keyword to say to oh, what wow. guy so that he would set... And like and I don't even know that there was like a journal that told you what you were supposed to be doing. There, there absolutely wasn't. It was like five or six expansions in before they even gave you a map. And even that was tied to like a specific cartography skill to where yeah, to like it was rough. You would, you would fill it in at random uh, depending on how high that skill was. And you, to, to recover mana, you had to open your spell book, which covered up the world <laughs> and sit still. Like, like they made you vulnerable while you were recovering by making it. So you couldn't see <laughs> anything like it was, it it's it is weird i mean it was you know so like revolutionary at the time because it was like wow i'm in a world with other people Mm -hmm. and we're seeing the same things and doing the same things and like i need their help if i'm going to achieve anything yeah you know and that was so powerful at the time but it's not a thing that everybody wants you know, De- so definitely not. World of Warcraft got closer, and, and so like the original developers from Virant, they went on to uh, to make uh, to make Vanguard after Sony bought out um, the, uh, the the EverQuest property, and Vanguard was very much like a return to that. There's no teleportation except if you're a wizard of a certain level, you have a carry capacity, you know, all that kind of stuff, like a return to it, and, and it and it tanked probably because of mismanagement, but also because like not everybody wants that. Even even despite that, I still have a lot of nostalgia for the time when you would have to wait for a boat to get to another continent yeah i mean i feel like when kevin and i played world of warcraft the 
it did it, it it reminds me of dark souls in some sense you had to spend so much time getting around the world mm -hmm. that it just made it a world that you knew and right. felt like you were really inhabiting mm -hmm. i could probably still get from place to place in that world in the yeah in a pre-cataclysm version yeah. of the and i mean maybe even in a post in the cities it's weirder they've streamlined the cities a lot because yeah. they actually mm. The cities are actually built into the world now, as opposed to like uh, here's this. You go through this secret gate because into, you have to, be able to fly into them. And so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know, all of the buildings have to exist instead of just being skyboxes. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> but Dar I mean, Dark Souls is like that because you just have to go through the same spaces so many times, and it doesn't give you a map, and it or does it? Does Dark Souls give you a map? No, there's no map, and it's kind of not been that way since the first one. Um, since Dark Souls 2, they kind of have been very aggressive with the ability to teleport. And so that sense of, like, the way that the world interconnects and the way it sprawls has kind of given way to, like, we're going to kind of more aggressively checkpoint this. Um, and that's still even very much the case uh, with Dark Souls 3. Less so with uh, with Bloodborne. Like, it felt a little bit more like Dark Souls 1. And that's, uh, like, a, like, a controversial aspect of the way that the... Uh, of the way that the series has evolved because there's definitely a very vocal contingent of the fan base that says you can teleport from the beginning therefore nothing is as good as as uh about said silent hill one uh which kind of <laughs> re reveals where my head's at uh but uh, you know as, as dark souls one specifically because it lost that kind of like persistent design ethic uh, around the way the world you know fits together you know it's weird i I bounced off of the Elder Scrolls games really, really hard, and I think that I can attribute it entirely to the overly generous fast travel in Oblivion. Yeah, it just it, like, and I, I eventually found my way back to it. Like Fallout Three made me understand, like, oh, I understand why Oblivion was good now. <laughs> but when I played it, I just played the main quest, and it took like four hours, yeah. and I didn't see any of the things that were in between. Any of the things because that it you, had you fast travel before because you've it been gave there. you fast travel points that you didn't have to discover yeah. right on your own like any place you had heard about you could fast travel oh, there. and it, it was just it was just it was bad it was just bad yeah. it made it a bad game it I mean it probably wasn't a bad game for somebody who had played Morrowind and knew how to approach Oblivion but I had not and yeah yeah also Oblivion was ten years ago <laughs> I'm running into that I'm running into it because like uh, yeah. That whole this X was ten years ago, or that game where such and such was less time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the whole Kennedy assassination yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Metro Metroid and the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all that all that um, fast travel stuff. Like this was even a, a thing in EverQuest. Like when they when they brought in the uh, the Nexus in in Lufflin or uh, or the Plane of Knowledge, where you could immediately jump between all the starting cities. Like it just makes the world smaller. Um, and even like in WoW, did they did, did they stop making a uh, did they stop making you watch the flight the flight path from a place to a place? No, you still do. They they reduce the cooldown on your Hearthstone. Yeah. They in in expansions at least for high level characters, they, there's always a city with portals to everywhere. Hmm. Um, I remember when you know, having a, a mage friend that could teleport you to cities or a warlock that could like summon somebody was like a big deal like it was yeah. a big deal to be able to like yeah those skills around. were really really valuable yeah <laughs> i even in my in my brief playing of everquest there were sort of two things one is that the thing that you said about like 
on the very last day before my account lapsed, <laughs> I was like, could someone take me to the other starting city? Like, I've never been there. <laughs> I have never been, I've never been more than like a 10 minute walk from Kanos. Yeah, yeah. Except I had made my Barbarian, and I, I, I leveled up a little bit in wherever they start, and then I walked to Kanos yeah, from well, there. Well, Halas is, like, two zones away from Kinos, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, which was not a big deal, but, that, so, but it was weird at the time. Yeah. It was like, wow, there's a lot more skeletons up here. I'm glad I made a Barbarian. Because mm-hmm. uh, the skeletons were, like, a rare, exciting thing to find in the foothills around Kanos, <laughs> right. because they, like, often dropped gear, which vendors sold for an order of magnitude more than... But, like... So so there was that. There was the like I finally saw whatever the what was the 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 other starting city that was way east. Uh, Freeport. Freeport. That's where I started. Freeport. Yeah. Like I I got to Freeport, like sat down and logged off forever. <laughs> that was like the way that that was the way that EverQuest ended for me. But I remember like being able to getting to the level where I got Spirit of Wolf, mm-hmm. which was it was like a like a really low level shaman spell. It was like level 15 or something like that. Yeah, like you could solo to the point where you got that spell. Mm -hmm. And then, suddenly, instead of like it taking you the entire life of your character to earn a single platinum piece, Mm -hmm. you could say, casting Spirit of Wolf outside the Kano's front gates for five plat, and a hundred people would walk up to you. And then suddenly, like, because it was a thing that it was a speed buff. It was a movement speed buff that the only way that you could get it is from a level 15 or higher shaman. Yeah, or, or a so higher level at, druid, yeah. But, like, you could turn or, you could turn this this skill that you got from your class into into a trade. Same thing with uh, with druids and wizards and teleportation. Hmm. And, cool. it, like, it was neat. I don't know that that's a good enough story to lose all of the other quality of life improvements <laughs> that World of Warcraft has gotten, right? But it's... You know, it's one of those things. It's like I'm never going to be able to give someone the experience of playing Clive Barker's Undying when it was contemporary and you could tolerate the things about it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to be able to give a normal person that. Like, Cole, you might do it. Like, <laughs> you guys might do that. You guys might do that for a show yeah. at some point, but you have the kind of temperament that makes you, you know, you have to be tolerant of yeah. games being of their time. You know, no one will ever have that same experience mm-hmm. again that we had with World of Warcraft or that or that Cole that you had with EverQuest, but we still had it yeah. and we can still tell stories about it and that's And 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 that's know, really but, the only way it can be preserved, just because the, the those legacy servers kinda pop up and go away. And they're you know, yeah. any any given configuration of of patches and of expansions could be somebody's canonical version of this thing. Yeah. And it's a moment in time that the time is as important as... I mean, you know, there was that recent uh, shutdown of that vanilla WoW uh, private server. Right. That there were so many just internet shitheads shitheading about, like, look, obviously there is so much interest in this. Blizzard, you would make a fortune if you did one of these officially. And, like, straight up, no, they wouldn't. Like, they, they... like. But there were 30,000 people logged in simultaneously, right for free. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... And the, they, they got some money from the people who played, but it was... I don't know that it was... It, it was not like a charge thing, but they, like, got donations or yeah. whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, but there's obviously interest in it. 
the, so, the thing that makes me uh, – I do wonder, though, if that thing was making a little bit of money and that's why Blizzard shut it down. Maybe. Like, Probably, because yeah. that's – They put a target on their back. Yeah. Yeah. But, but – good. Yeah, I, I – I could un- I could understand with like the the argument that like there's a demand for this you could just have a single shard which is a, a legacy thing if you wanted to and they you know clearly just don't people dem- you know people ask us to do that with KOL right. all the time yeah. and it's categorically not worth it <laughs> for us to do it uh, you know th- people point to RuneScape doing it successfully right which I'm surprised by that yeah. you know it's but it's also one of ten or twenty different shards or whatever that they have, right? Yeah. So we just have a single population, so it's not quite the same. But if Blizzard assimilated that and even charged one dollar for it, the demand for it would drop to like five percent of what it was. Yeah. The fact that That's the fact true. that it was free and the fact that it appealed to kind of like such a small such a small subset of the people who just kind of like got in at the at the got in early enough to feel nostalgic for it. Like you put that barrier in and all of a sudden fewer people are even going to be willing to go over that barrier and they're going to ask for so much more. And for that particular yeah. thing, their demographic is people who are burned out on wow and don't want to pay for it. <laughs> right. Like that that is the worst market to target. I wonder, though, if there would be some kind of market for somebody who wanted to experience the game the way that it unfolded in real time. Mm-hmm. So if there was a way that, like, if Blizzard officially supported a situation where they had a single, like, vanilla launch server and then... Every six months <laughs> a new expansion was added no, to it. No, no, that you once you you could opt at any time to switch to another server with that same character that was like the the first expansion. Oh, so, so you kept, could just it kept people go you could play through the progression and see like understand the history in a mm. way that that like and this is probably a, a super small minority of people who want to do mm-hmm. this, but I would totally be That'd into be that cuz pretty I've, cool you know, actually. Yeah. That's a really good and, idea. And I've missed out adding on adding things like the it. different events like opening uh What's on Garage. Yeah, yeah, the opening of Uncarage. Well, but how do you but how do you do that? I mean, it, you have to do it at a point in time. Maybe you keep resetting it every mm. 6 months or something like that. <laughs> if they if for for things that were actually events. You would you yeah. would have to do it like I, like I seasons, know. like 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 every year Kinda, like a, like yeah. a new vanilla yeah, yeah. starts and then Yeah, like a tail in the like a tail in the desert, which <laughs> yeah. is a thing that it, a tail in the desert is like eve online except it makes way less money and that's like i'm real interested in every story that i ever hear about this but i'm not gonna play it yeah was that a was that a video game a tale in the desert i don't know anything about it I've never it is it. it is like a, a sort of ancient egypt mmo that resets to everyone has to build like th- this is yeah. just like basically cavemen in egypt oh wow every nine months has or like something crazy oh, okay. law systems where you can you can invent a law that you want and like go to the town council and make a uh uh uh, uh, uh what do you call it? signatures thing form a petition. petition petition and walk around and get other players to sign it and if you get enough enough uh signatures the developers have to look at this and decide if this is like a world event or a law or what and then (laughs) put it up to a vote to like everybody on the server and if it gets voted in then the developers have to make it but when you go to play that game 
it's like here spend an hour clicking on dirt to make mud and then <laughs> yeah. another hour clicking yeah. on the mud to make bricks and there's no one here because like the world has moved on from the starting areas and like you're just seeing this like a it's it's like a star wars galaxy is kind of like a constant abandoned <laughs> cities with <laughs> stupid names that's kind of, i mean isn't that true to like the way star wars feels though like open desolate areas with minimal yeah, population you go to you 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 head out of town and go to a, a little settlement called moss psycho and then somebody one shots you <laughs> from too far from too far away to see them that was yep. our that's your well, that's your hence story. the name of the town <laughs> yeah yeah there's just this one guy hi my name's moss moss psycho good night <laughs> Well, should we talk about the assignment, Samaros 3? Did we want to answer any questions, or are we skipping that segment? Uh, we should skip. The, the questions that I saved, I, I kind of want to save for Jim. Okay. Unless, uh, I mean, it's, been, it's, already it's a also a really long, long show, show already. Yeah. yeah. Totally fine. Um, but yeah, so Samaros 3 is the sequel to Samaros 2, uh, which was the sequel to Samaros 1. It is a sort of quirky adventure game. The first Samaros was just a Flash game that was released for free, like... In 2003. Mm-hmm. How was it 10 years yeah. ago? Yeah. And I don't remember what the second one was, if it was also free or if it was. It, there I was think a they demo, sell it on there Steam. There was a demo, and then, there's a, and then I think yeah. the, the game was. I, think it was I did not like Samaros 3 at all. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. And I went back and played Samaros 1, and I was like, yep, that's still pretty great. And I finished it, and it was very short and very contained. And yeah, man. What, what you were what were you saying, Cole? What do you, what do you know about Samaros Two? Oh no, it was it, it was definitely sold. Like it was part of a couple of humble bundles um, around the time that that uh, like it, like it swung around when they were selling uh, Machinarium through that. Like that kind of coincided with uh, oh, okay. with humble bundles. But like Samaros Two was definitely just like sold through their site before there were really a lot of distribution methods for it. Yeah, I definitely played Samaros One. I think I did not play Two. Yeah, I must not have either. I uh, I bought but did not like machinarium oh really? really yeah I, I, i'm okay. sorry that i'm expressing like surprise at you not liking a thing it is so like well, like, no, well it, machinarium I, is like one of my no favorite. one should be surprised that zach doesn't like a point and click adventure true so. true yeah it's just i so my my experience of samaros 3 was dick around eventually look at the really inconvenient walkthrough that's built into the game <laughs> conclude that i never would have figured out what it wanted me to do yeah i will admit i agree that it is poorly clued there 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 are a lot of there there were a couple puzzles that were i eventually looked it up as well and was like oh i i would not have thought to drag that thing instead of clicking it so it's a question of Mm. you know was was their explicit design decision worth the outcome for it right because kind of Amanita Designs thing is we're going to make these point-and-click adventure games that are very kind of lush in their illustration and animation, uh, but uh, they're going to be clued in a way that doesn't require any words. It's going to be entirely done through, mm-hmm. like, pictorials and through kind of just stuff that you see within the world, right? Like, nobody's going to explain, like, hey, you need to the, to build this spaceship. Here are the parts that you need. You're going to get kind of a kind of a rebus of that. The thing that struck me about Samarost 1 in comparison is that on a screen of Samarost 1, you had one goal, which was get to the next screen, Mm -hmm. and that was it. And it was signposted by a little arrow, and that was it. That was the only UI. And Did puzzles ever span multiple rooms? No. 
there were maybe five things on each screen that you could click on. Some of them were just click on this to see a fun little animation that doesn't mean or do anything, but is just cool looking and cute. And then two of them were important that you click on them in the right order or whatever, and then you would make progress to the next room. And I feel like by doubling down on all of those things, they expanded the possibility space to the point where it was like, well, like <laughs> I was trying to figure out when, when it was like time to uh, talk to the forest green-haired tree guy to get him to loan me his knife, which I didn't know I wanted, right? Mm, okay. Uh, like, I mean, I figured, okay, like, that bottle looks like I could use it, but I right. need, would need to figure out, like, maybe I have to find a different one, because it wasn't the only bottle on the screen. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, maybe there's a bottle somewhere else that I can just pick up yep. the top part of. I, I was like, what do I need to do with all of these fucking bees <laughs> to get this guy to, to, to get the game state to move on? But it turned out that the problem is that I wasn't ever standing in the right place to click on that guy. Hmm. So well, you when the walkthrough on... told it, you have to hop up onto the little stump in front of him to make him interactable. I see. As opposed to clicking on him from anywhere on the screen and you run up there and right. do it. And so like looking at the walkthrough, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to talk to the Beardo guy, I guess. How do I do that? And then knowing that none of the interactable objects that were doing things on the screen were important to the puzzle. Yeah. What I needed to do was be standing in the right place. And then, like, when it presents you a puzzle, like the thing with the sheets of paper, that it's was really great. cool. That was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, little storytelling really cards where puzzle. you're trying to feed the family. Yeah. 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 And it was like, it, and, but the thing about that was that it was self-contained and every element of it was important to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And there were a ton of really cute, cool little interactions that it didn't necessarily mean <laughs> anything to the game state, but they were but great. They were fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was neat to discover those. They felt like, you know, they felt like, uh, oh, this was a reward for trying something that didn't work, which I guess that's what the whole world of the yeah. game is yeah. like. The thing that got me stuck on the first little planetoid was that I didn't see the path down from where the spaceship mushroom was. Yeah. I oh, didn't the know that the room with the old man existed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, you know, eventually found that. But I just, once I got to the, the part where I just like, all right, Alt F4, play <laughs> Samarost 1, was looking at the walkthrough for the second time that it just has a bunch of like A, B, 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 A, 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 B, B, A, C, C, D on the order in which you have to pluck the fucking antenna yeah. on the bug. Like, I, there were, it oh, made me were two so mad the, the first time, right? The oh, first, there, the there's first the, bug, the four antenna you get thing? to another one, and there's a guy with four antennas. Right. Oh, I, I haven't gotten it to do anything yet, yeah. so I didn't know. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I don't know. It. I, I got so mad when it was like, oh, so I've tried clicking on everything on the screen, and nothing is working, but I guess I didn't try clicking on a thing, and then clicking on a second thing, and then clicking on the first thing again. Like, that just right. seems like a non-fun puzzle yeah. to me. Because it's not fed back. Like, failures are not fed back in a meaningful way. <laughs> and sure. it's too long of a sequence. And there's feedback for so much to force else. To force you to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. There, there, is so there is so much, like, beautiful and obviously painstakingly crafted and really, like, just sweet stuff mm -hmm. to play with in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I want it to be the toy that it is presenting itself as, as opposed to the game that is confusingly buried in it. As opposed to the game that is keeping you from playing with the toy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I... the, like, the walkthrough was such a pain in the ass to open. <laughs> like, just don't 
It's just like rotate. Two. I know it's not like hard. It's just tedious. Yeah, it's just it's a just, chore. It's like, do you really want? Do you really want this? Clue? Right. It's trying. But the thing is, it doesn't tell you. By the way, this is a thing we're doing to discourage you from using this feature. It's just like, oh, what's this weird, cool book? Oh, oh, I guess this. I guess what I was doing was opening the Invisiclues pen and, you know, sure. having to go to some effort to to get to these clues. And then, like, every button on the keyboard closes it, and you have to solve the puzzle again to, to get back in there. Yeah. I wonder, so I didn't get very far in this game. I wonder if that, if the if the clue puzzle, like aligning those rings on the book, gets more gets more elaborate. Because... Uh, it, it doesn't, really. Ah, shit. <laughs> because I would totally like that, because, like, I you know, I was just playing around. I didn't realize that was the clue book before I opened it. And once I saw that it was just straight up giving me solutions to puzzles i was like well i i kind of can't open this and i foresaw a situation where it got harder every time you did it until it became like a, a just a, a be pretty cool yeah mm. like, like to assign some kind of cost to every time you open it until you needed a second clue book to tell you how to open the first yeah, clue. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get to a certain point in the game to get that second clue book so you have to you have to uh, manage manage those uses to where you get to that point, but that that runs counter to. It. I think you know I, I love Machinarium. It is it is one of my favorite point and click adventure games, and definitely probably one of my favorite uh, um, uh, soundtracks and games of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that it just really depends on how much you can you can brook the self indulgent design of this because yeah. it's very much they had an idea of a cute thing they wanted to draw. And they're mixing and matching enough styles that they're like, we're going to do whatever it is we need to like create this thing that is essentially a very lush screensaver that happens to have a game attached to it. Like, it really depends on how much you can you can you can brook that, and just how how far that charm can get you. Yeah, like I I uh, I don't disagree with like anything that has been said, but I just find the game so beautiful and charming that I. I think it's great anyway. I enjoy I enjoy all the puzzles. Like I, I'm I'm a bigger fan of an adventure game, I Here, guess. Here's so. a question. Does the horn ever do anything or is it just for getting like hints from various objects in the world? They, no, I mean like it it definitely advances the game's state a lot of the time. Yeah. Oh right. There's the time when all those ghosts pop out and stay there and then you have to pull them. Yeah, yeah, they the, become the, the ghost that causes yeah. the guy to come out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, just gotta tug each one of them. <laughs> Luckily, each one doesn't take very long. Right. Uh, these are like twelve of them. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of the time it's just sort of some sort of indicator, some of sort of irritating, do. unskippable, <laughs> right? Little video that plays. Oh, you can skip it. You just don't see it all. Like you can't advance it, but if you click on it, it'll like dissolve and uh, blow away. Oh. Yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know. It made me want to go back to play Machinarium again because I think that that leans closer to the Samurost one uh, and maybe Samurost two. Like, here's a puzzle per screen uh, kind of thing, as opposed to kind of spreading it around across a planetoid. Um, I bound, but it was also it's non-linear, right? Like it it was you had to go back and forth a little bit across the space. Little bit, yeah, but like room and yeah, if you if you had to if you had to flick a dingus to make something happen on one screen, it usually wasn't more than one or two screens away. Okay. Yeah, maybe I should give Machinarium another chance. I didn't even play. I have no idea what Botanicula is. I know the name, but I have no 
Like, I don't have a picture of it in my head. It's a vampire plant. <laughs> if, okay. uh, if you didn't like this, uh, you're probably not going to like Botanicula. I bounced off of it oh, okay. uh, pretty pretty hard because, like, Machinarium, you're, like, going around in these industrial spaces and cities. Like, Botanicula is very sp- explicitly, you're going around in this rainforest kind of place, and it is just so hard to read, like, what is a path and what is interactable because everything is mm. a plant. It'll feel like scenery. It's just kind of like the regular outdoors. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, right, but there's nothing important out there. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. Like, in a given forest where you can't tell what the interesting functional parts of it are, it's because there's no interesting functional parts of it. Wow, right? Think, it's not like you just pissed off all of our naturalist listeners. <laughs> well, you know, I get maybe there's one mushroom that will let you talk to God, but, like, that's... That's it as far as, like, game mechanics in a real forest. Yeah, that's like a pay right. win kind of thing. You don't even have to go into the forest. There's <laughs> like, a guy down the corner who will help you with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he just grows him. He grows him in a weird aquarium in his closet. <laughs> I guess a, ter- a terrarium is what you call it, an aquarium for, for mushrooms. Samaras <laughs> um. 3. Yeah, I mean, it's like, if you liked... Machinarium, I guess. I mean, I, <laughs> Samaras one was just so good, yeah. and it remains so good. And I and I wonder, I wonder if two, wonder how far two goes along the path of the things that they're making now. Well, and it's 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 the fir- it's somebody's first game, right? Like yeah. it's that's the other thing. And it's neat when it zooms in, and it's like, whoa, that's just a zoomed in bitmap. Like you with your current budget would never have let that <laughs> right. ship. Like, but it was, it was charming. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just like. Yeah, it was just about like steering a weird thing that was flying at your weird thing, <laughs> and I think it's the same weird thing as for. How do you suppose they make the art for these? I've, I've no wondered idea. about that. Yeah, uh, like because it looks enough like realistic objects that yeah, they could just be photographs that are then painted They're, on a little bit. Or like, do they build the thing, or are they just like they photograph some stumps and some moss and then Photoshop parts of them yeah. together into like a I cool could, thing, and then. Yeah. I could totally see it being traceover. They're mixing so many different styles and they're doing whatever is appropriate. Like if a thing needs to stand still, like that is probably somebody on like a on like a 30-inch Wacom tablet like just painstakingly drawing over like reference images and stuff. But like your character is, you know, flat and anything that has to move is very, you know, relatively featureless right. because the detail mm-hmm. needs to be in the animation. Like I could it just yeah, I I could see this I could see this all being illustrated in a very lush kind of kind of way because they can afford to put those resources into something that they that they just don't need to rig. Yeah, it's real pretty. It is. D- yeah. Jim says, uh, "Samaras Three is pretty cute." <laughs> okay, that's that's Jim's contribution. <laughs> there's yep. some there's some really good music in it too. Did, oh yeah. Did any of you yeah. get to the the lizard singing puzzle? The rock the rock band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was really good. cool. Super good. Yeah. Although, I feel that the hint there was weirdly like not the right solution. Like, mm. it the 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 little ghost that comes out of the thing if you look at it shows you the positions that you that it shows you three positions on those wheels but those are not the positions that you need to move the needles to on the actual wheels mm. wait what aren't they you need to move the needles into the dark spots on the actual wheels to solve the puzzle like 
infuriatingly like 15 seconds later. Ugh. Like you have to stop them and then leave them there for 15 seconds for the song to finish. And then when the song finishes, the puzzle is solved. Hmm. I moved them to where the, the diagram said and it was fine. Yeah, uh -huh. same here. Huh. Well, that was not my experience of it. I tried that and it didn't work. And then I was like, well, maybe I just need to move the little needles to the dark spots on the, huh. the darker grained part of the wheels. And then that did work. I have not yet solved it, but I, I assume that the thing that comes out of that is like the the glue to hold that yeah. broken thing together. <laughs> and I now I just need to figure out a way to like carry it. That so. that also you I don't feel bad for spoiling this, but that is the puzzle that I was referring to when I said I would not have thought to drag that instead of clicking it. Oh, just huh. just okay. just so you know because <laughs> that took that that wasted a lot of my time <laughs> mm. all right the i did figure that out but i was like i could like i assumed that i needed to do something to like plug up the wind that was blowing on it so that it wouldn't mm. yeah because there's that thing hanging from the thing too yeah yep and it, that thing that is like the what is that uh disorder that makes you freaked out when you see something with oh, little wow. holes in it. <laughs> oh no well no 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 that's the one where you get the little blue tears. fibers glowing yeah, yeah. out of glowing out of your you get the you get the fibers yeah. and you put them in a matchbox and you go to the doctor and they you know <laughs> brushes you away yeah he ignores you yeah. uh what is it Tri triconophobia or something i have no idea i just try not to think about it yeah or go to Paxton Gate, the curiosity <laughs> right. shop that has a lot of things in nature that exhibit that. It is it is tri mm, tripophobics, tri tripophobia, tripophobics. Okay. Yeah, specifically like uh, like those Suriname toads and lotus pods and stuff. Yep. Mm. Oh, those toads, yes. those are awful. Yeah. I don't know that I've seen pictures of them, and now I don't want to. Yeah, they just so have a lot cool. of little holes in them. That's awful. That sounds yeah. awful. Like toad pores. Yeah, it's, it's, where, yeah, they're, uh, it's where their babies nest. So you'll have a toad with a bunch of uh, holes in its back, God. and then the baby toads jump out of it. Uh, yeah, little, yeah, just little, little things just like crawling out of little holes. Oh, in guys, we, just, we have like... just lost all of our Patreon backers. Because <laughs> Man, I've cannot, never, uh, my work is done here. We cannot handle this. Yeah, you don't even have to see them for, for that to be triggered. That's <laughs> what, okay, that's wait. Real. What if, what if, what if the holes had little doors on them and they opened up like <laughs> at the beginning of Laugh-In? Would that be better? Okay, what if the yes. what if the holes all had toenails over them and that ah! goblin from the Lamisil oh, commercial oh just lifts up the toenails like a trapdoor? <laughs> yep, I'm out. Wow, this has been this is a fucking horror show. Putting my hands over my podcast. ears really doesn't work very well when I'm listening to you guys on earbuds. Yeah. It just makes us louder well, and you more know upsetting. What? You know what we did not do is select an assignment for the next episode. Cole, is there anything that you would like to you would like to, to ask us, us play, to play yeah. <laughs> to make us play? <laughs> oh boy, as as a Patreon backer. Yeah, that's uh that's well, I'm not at the I'm not at the level where I can where where I can demand that. <laughs> it's okay, Cole. Nobody knows that but you and me. I suppose. Yeah. Oh and man. Jesus. <laughs> True. Well, which whichever god you uh you you so choose. Um. <laughs> Okay, here's the toad god with a thousand young. <laughs> here's here's one that I'm actually curious, and and Kevin, I would love to hear your your kind of opinion of this. I played a little bit of Factorio, and I recognized it as a uh, <laughs> as a as a deep dark hole that I was going to fall into if I didn't pull up real quick. Um, and okay. I would like to see I would like to see how that goes because it's kind of a, a like a combination of a uh, like a crafting kind of thing, but also like their definite stripes of uh, like Infinifactory or. Uh, what is it? Puzzle, puzzle, like 
space camp. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. like space space camp kind of stuff. Like it is it is all about like okay. optimizing a supply chain, which uh, is uh, super enticing to me. Yeah, no, I'm I, I have uh, been super excited about that and had not given myself permission to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been so. I've been looking at that myself, but was gonna wait for it to come out for. Uh, like come out of early access but it's I'm, I'm down to oh. give it a try if you believe if you believe the I developer it's like it's early access but only kind of a name it's like a crypt of the necrodancer kind of thing oh okay yeah all right you definitely like can play it and figure out like what's good about it with the stuff that's there now like it's it's it is a complete thing okay i've already i've already i'm a couple hours into it so like i'm i'm cool with that selection because it means I don't have to do anything. <laughs> um, and so what's going to happen is that because Kevin is going to be busy with ZapCon until like Monday, uh, you will disappear play on. 36 hours of it <laughs> without sleeping and show up for the podcast having done that. Bedraggled. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Good. So Factorio is the assignment for, okay. for next episode. Excellent. Uh, what? You know, I still don't remember the... Uh, whoa, no, that's not how you spell video. <laughs> Uh, this was episode number 237. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. Cole, thank you so much for joining us. This was a delight. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm super happy that you guys uh, that you guys made room for me. Um, and, uh, like, I've been a fan for coming on, like, five years now. And I've uh, this, is, this is kind of a little bit of a uh, little bit of a fantasy slash, like, secret goal to, uh, to hop on here. Uh -huh. I've had a really good time. No, it's great. Like, you guys are well, one of my... Well, I, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I'm speaking alone when I say any time. Yeah. Right like th this is great. I just you're so busy <laughs> that I, I would feel bad asking you to guest regularly uh, just because, you know, you 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 give so much. <laughs> you give so much already, Cole. Like you you only have so much voice. Yeah. You only have so many ideas, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you have an infinite number of ideas. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I'm already at the limit there. But no, it's uh, it, it, like this. This has been a fantastic, a fantastic time. And so if there's if there's ever a need, I'll be there. Yay. Awesome. Thanks, Cole. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how we end. Oh, we don't know you shit. That's how we end episodes now. But uh, I, we've been video games hot dog, and we don't know you shit. Kakaboo boo balaya. Yeah, kakaboo boo balaya. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Really, I guess the way we end these is to just kind of peter out. At, at this point. <laughs>